live free or die, I guess you're all dead. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Florian and Spencer. The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. We are a hot country. Here we go. Yeah, I guess, is that a correct statement? Yes. Now, I may be wrong. How stupid have we been? So far tonight, I'm average. And we fought hard. For God's sake, Bowler, I was fighting for my life. Appreciate the help, Bowler. Hey, Bowler, boost me up. Oh, boost me up, baby. For a duck, maybe somebody's mother. But a bull sure ain't. It is the 4th of July, 2023, and you're listening to me. Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City here on Bull After Bull, episode 254. I hope your mom's not a whore. This is Dame DeLorean. Oh, yeah. I love this uh, 16-bitch march you got going on. Oh, thanks. The Crunchy Sousa march or whatever it is. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, a little patriotic chip tune. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Feeling red, white, and blue for our red, white, and bowl. Oh, yes. Well, you know how it goes. Tuesday was uh, the 4th of July this year, and would we miss a Tuesday? Never. No. Not after just celebrating three years of never missing Tuesdays last Tuesday. Yeah. Gotta keep it going. Even though that was like a Saturday, didn't we discover? Well, everything kicked off on a Saturday, that's true. Splitting hairs, though. Yeah, exactly. Splitting hairs. And here we are. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Independence Day than by being in the bowl with you. That's right. Free bowl action. Yeah, talking about the things that keep us independent. Weed, Bitcoin, and podcasting. podcasting. Yes. Right. With all the friends we make along the way. There you have it. Oh, busy week as usual. Wall to wall with school, but also we hit that super flea again. They're making that thing better bit by bit. We are seeing progress in the super flea. If you come to Kansas City, you're going to have to check it out. They had a hot dog vendor this time. So at least there was food. He was getting ready to pack up and go, and then we showed up. I think that's kind of the magic move for a lot of vendors, is to start putting your stuff away. It seems like that's the call. It's how you generate some FOMO. People sense it. They're like, oh, shoot, I need a hot dog now before he puts it all away. And we showed up, and then more people showed up, and then our kids wanted more dogs. So there we were. There you have it. Slamming hot dogs. But the lady up front was talking about the one who takes the your entry fee. It's a dollar for anyone over 12 to go into the super flea. She said that they're making a kids play area, which will be dope, and also a huge food court. So exciting stuff. Yeah, trips will improve there. Yeah. No doubt about it. They were also going around doing little bios on the vendors that are there, mm-hmm. which seemed cool. Because they were talking about one guy's been there for like 33 years or something. <laughs> and there's a girl there I really like that makes 
beauty products. Shea butter that she uh, puts her own oils into and stuff. It's a blood orange infused shea butter. It was so good. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. At the flea. The super flea. Um, hope everybody had a good full moon. Good time to look back at the last month and, I don't know, give thanks for all the great things in your life. This was a pretty good moon. Yeah. Good cycle. Pretty good past moon. We had the trip out to Uranus. We had the, uh... New stones out of the collection. Had another Casey Bitcoiners block party. I mean, this madness of Fourth of July to cap it all off. Heck yeah. With the solstice in between. The solstice, yeah. We got Rowdy. Turn 33. <laughs> yeah. Epic. We did get Rowdy. Naked in the hood. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a good one. Been a good one. After the Super Flea adventure, I did do some boost busting. Boost busking, I should say. Boost busking with Boobery over on the BTS stream. Just oh, very nice. Jacking around. He's been playing with that live split uh, setup. With very Steven, cool. Stephen B's tools over there. And very legal. Extremely legal. Extremely independent. Yeah. Just wanted to try some stuff out. I did see a show this week. There was a local guy boosting. Boost. Uh, busking for boost. Oh, yeah? Boost busking in person. A local boost busker? The pizzeria. Chris was uh, stacked up there at Pizzeria in Westport. Nice. Yeah. And he was getting boosted live while he was performing? Yeah, he's got like a Ellen URL situation hooked up. Cool. That'll send Split payments. And so you just scan the QR code or something? Yep. Nice. Fill it out in your own wallet. That's that a start. Add a boy. It's like a few wallets to support Ellen URL, so you got to make sure it's one of those, like Phoenix or Zeus or... Like Wallet of Satoshi, a few other ones. Nice, yeah. I heard you performing over in the green room. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So the plan was just to come back, tear the studio down, and get our asses out of there. Yeah, because we were planning to go up to your dad's over the weekend, which is where we currently are. And the kids, they were helping me pack, but they were also saying, you know, dad's just down there, like, singing to himself and talking to himself. I said, I'm sure he has some friends on the other end. <laughs> they were like, no. He's just down there alone, singing and talking. <laughs> yes. Seemed like a crazy person. In the eyes of a child, yeah. Yep. Probably in the eyes of most people. Oh, yeah. Definitely your dad. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting in my basement talking into microphones. Yeah, this is a remote setup. Yeah. I guess we didn't mention that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the remote setup. <laughs> Up at your dad's. It's a little echoey in these parts. Mm -hmm. And your dad's house is, has a very open layout. So everything upstairs is, I can hear it through my headphones, no problem. There may be some live fireworks busting in, who knows. Some of them may be strong enough for the noise gate to, to uh, succumb to them. Yeah, lots of fireworks tents out here. And I uh, stepped away for the smoke right before we launched. It was still like just the last bit of twilight. So the sky should be full black any second now, Yeah, I'm thinking. I can hear things through my headphones. Yeah, it things was, being fireworks. <laughs> it was still popping off a lot when I was out there. So nice. I'm surprised I don't hear more in here. But that's that's the power of the noise gates and compressors. Magic. Well, audio magic. Uh, got another ceiling fan put in. So what? Uh, that's wow. That's right. It's it's on right now. It's activated. That's four down here, or four in this place since my dad moved in. Plus the one I put in at our house. Five. Ceiling fans installed. 
Wow. Give me a call. If you got a ceiling fan, you need to put it in. You got a boring light fixture. I'm your man. Give me a call. At 816-607-3663. Now fully certified at ceiling fans. <laughs> um, yeah, we've just been eating good. Pork chops and corn and stuff like that. Pork chops, corn on the cob, baked taters. Yeah. Doing it up 4th of July way, you know? Yep. Went out to your friend's acreage today. Had to leave before the sun was down for the bowl. <laughs> They're like, you're leaving before the fireworks? Like, well, it's Tuesday. Hey, we got to hear them uh, throwing dynamite. Yeah, they let off some quarter sticks of dynamite. Kablam! Yeah. Nothing? Rat- rattle the windows. Nothing says independence. Like buying fireworks and other explosives from commie China. I tell you what. <laughs> but they're so pretty when they blow up in the sky. Mm. We need more Americans making the shit. What do they have? That slip and slides, shotguns, ARs, quarter sticks of dynamite, hamburgers, hot dogs. Dogs. Dog dogs, you know, for petting. Oh, dog dogs. It's yeah, always that... nice to have a dog around. Dogs are great. Dog if... dog. That sounded like he was going to die. It was very hot out. so uh, excited. When the shotgun goes off, he wants to go and like bite the empty shell and oh. then put it down. I don't know if he wild. just likes the taste of the smoke or whatever. He's a fucking weird ass dog. Yeah. That is a weird dog. He looks like the creatures in Ghostbusters. Like the <laughs> yeah, gargoyle the thing. Weird guard dog, gargoyle. Yeah, up on the top of the building. That's mm-hmm. what that dog looks like. Yeah, he kept on biting that gun smoke. I was like, uh, I, I like the pot much better. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Prefer that. Personally, I don't know. Oh, what else I do? Uh, today, I know that we've had these weird uh, stream troubles lately every Tuesday, especially it seems like around midnight. Things start getting fucky. After midnight. Well, I was doing my test today, and everything was completely down. Like, I couldn't log into the stream through mm. butt, and so then I loaded stream.bullafterbull.com up, and it didn't come up. It was, like, dead. And, uh, you know, since this Akame, or whatever the fuck they call it, uh, takeover, I haven't been able to log into the dashboard, so I, like, I try, and whatever their password rem- reset and username reminder is, whatever that is, isn't working. So I finally dug through some old emails, and the email, I guess, associated with that account was one that I no longer really actively monitor. So I was able to at least find the email, and then from there, reverse engineer everything else. Got in, and I looked at our stats, and we've been like 100% in the CPU usage of that thing for a long time. Uh I don't know how long, but as long back as I could scroll, just on the dashboard. And that's on like a shared? Yeah, it was like a shared 2 gigabyte uh, plan. Mm. And so I was like, well, we got to we got to fix that out. So I uh, took to my Google and I basically asked Google, what's the recommended amount of dedicated WAM I should have to serve? Dedicated WAM? Yeah. And Google was like, what? And I was like, "Um, dedicated WAM to a server. Yeah. Dedicated WAM. I needed to know the proper amount of dedicated WAM. So I did. I get the I get the least amount of dedicated wham that you can get. We were on the shared Linode f- with four gigabytes of of wham, but it wasn't dedicated, and I needed it dedicated. Dedicated wham. So now it's dedicated, and it's twice as much. Eight gigabytes of ra- of, of wham. Nice. Fully dedicated to us. So hopefully, uh, that makes a more robust stream delivery service. But you can let us know in the chat. Oh, Cotton Gin's been letting us know he already had to switch over to the NA stream because he said it was getting fucky. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I want my money back and more dedicated wham. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, well, we'll have to keep troubleshooting. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I don't know. Maybe it will... I don't know. What do I know? Conjun said it, it was brief. It was brief. But still. I'm paying extra now for... Dedicated wham. So it better be dedicated. Yeah. Come it can't on. be. And I know it's not my uh, speeder connection. I'm getting over 100. Uh, Mega bippies up. Oh, yeah. That should be plenty. Over 100, man. Yeah, 100 is a lot. <laughs> 100 is a lot. Yeah, I'm really hearing that orchestral swell from upstairs now. Yeah, that's the thing about the open layout. The sound travels. You need a, like, a thick curtain right there, I think. Oh, the beaded curtain just ain't cutting it. Mm-mm. It needs to be thick. Super thick. <laughs> yeah, the orchestra's breaking through the noise gate. Uh, yeah, our, um, our pop and children are watching a movie, but I don't know what kind of movie. Some kind of movie. But it's firework time, so that'll be ending and perfect time for them to go out, blow stuff up, and watch other people blow stuff up. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. So on. The honest. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, missed anything. I probably did, but... We've just been helping your pop a lot in the house here, which is cool. Like, we've been emptying boxes. Oh, we did go through a hell of a lot of old games and toys and stuff. Yeah. Anytime you move... Man, the boxes. And they can really just sit there for a while. Um, the old yak backs. Anybody mess with yak backs? Lorraine had never heard of a yak back. Yeah, never had I ever. And like we all had yak backs when I was young. It was like, I don't know, 94, 95, 96. Somewhere in there I got them. Everybody was yakking back for a brief a brief period in time there. Like a little mini recorder with two buttons. Uh Play and say? Say and play. And you hold down say and say something and record it. And then you hit the play button and play it back for you. And there's a little wheel that you could adjust the speed up and down. Oh, so you could be a chipmunk. Yeah. Or really low. Get it really low, too. You could be like... That rotated wham. <laughs> wham. I love it. I could be like... wham. Perfect, yeah. You got options, is what I'm saying. And then there's a yak backwards, which added an additional button called Yalp, which is just play backwards. So it would play what you said backwards. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that... Uh, another thing that happened the other day? Another thing that happened. We played some Jackbox with uh, Booberry, Mary-Kate Ultra, and Make Heroism, and Lavish, and Servo, and Cotton Gin. Net-Ned and was Net-Ned. there. Ned. Yes. I saw his pretty face. Mm-hmm. I peeked my head over for one minute, and then I went outside and played with the kids. I never played Jackbox before. My parents used to play its predecessor in the 90s. There was a computer game called You Don't Know Jack, which started it all. And uh, I think they had, like, the first three plus the sports one. Hmm. But they always used to play it with family friends, and they were like, yeah, you can't play this game. I don't know. To you? Because you were a kid? Yeah. It was I like gotcha. Some irreverent comedy kind of stuff in the game. A little, like... Too edgy for us at the time. Now there's like that Cards Against Humanity is the new level of that. Yeah. I suppose. The Jackbox is kind of fun. It's like uh, you have these different prompts that you fill out and then uh, everybody gets to vote on either what's better or what's funnier. I don't know. 
One of them reminded me, one of the game modes reminded me of this game we played called Dictionary Dabble, where in Dictionary Dabble, there's like a dictionary definition of some word. It's like some obscure word. And then there's this round. Everybody writes down what they think that a good definition of that word is. And then everybody passes in their definitions. One person writes down what the real one is. Oh, so the truth is mixed in with the made up ones. And then you get a round of voting and everybody picks the one they think is the actual definition. So if anybody votes for yours, you get a point. And if you get, if you vote for the right one, you get a point. Well, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. So there was kind of something similar to that. Hmm. It will, only it was trivia questions. It was like the answer to this trivia question. Cool. It was fun. And exciting announcement on that. I believe the MKs are planning to do that on a weekly basis. Oh, Sunday fun. nights. Kick ass. Yeah. Speaking of them, uh, Make Heroism made me a nice, made us a nice happy 4th of July uh, image artwork. Yeah, that was so cute. I, I love it. I shared that on all the socials. We do a uh, tweeter account that gets some interaction sometimes. Although I hear there's like uh, view limits over there now. I don't know what's going uh, on. I'm never on the fucking Twitter. I just post the show and it's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and I, that's all you. I don't have an account yeah. and I don't care. To log into the Bull After Bull account. Put it on a, <laughs> our Noster too. Well, so edgy. My Noster. I'll pop on Noster <clears throat> and zap it. Zapperoni. Oh man. Zip, zap, zap. So that's cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Make thank you, Make for Heroism. The, for the killer art. A friggin' professional. No doubt. That dude. He's leaning in on uh, lots of stuff, hitting the ground running. He has the eye for the art. You it's know, true. just the perfect layout. He always got. He's got the perfect font pairings. Mine is like so messy compared to his. Oh. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, it's fun. Fun times. Killer. He's one of many bowlers that helps us out, in fact. And we always like to give shouts out and thanks to everybody at the beginning of this thing for helping us keep the line out on and keep the stream running and keep the, all the stuff chugging away week after week, Tuesday after Tuesday, bowl after bowl. And uh, this week was no exception. We had a lot of support. I always scroll back in Helipad to the... Uh, delineator. The delineator. But first, let's check that PayPal, because I saw we had a couple of hits, actually, this week. Oh, very nice. Over on that side of uh, the world. And this, the PayPal payments help with things like the Linode. That's right. Right? Like and the, figuring this crap out. The Linode bill comes directly out of there each month, so... Yeah. It's just on auto-subscribe, and so far it's been uh, balanced out where there's enough in there to cover that every month. So yeah, we definitely so appreciate that. And Thank it's you, bowlers. Because of uh, random donations that come in, but it's also because of these monthly stonations, such as we got one here from the Rev Cyber Trucker. Oh, Rev. Thank you. He hit us with that 420 a month, and that came in just last week, so appreciate that. We also got hit with another uh, $5 a month. From Kevin S. of the Central Coast of California. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate that, Sir Kevin S. And, uh, yeah, keeps us on. It keeps us online. Those are the PayPal donations, but lots of people are getting into this new way of sending value for value. It's it's like streaming value for value and weed. I hear it's heard, an excellent uh, combination. Well, we're, we're pushing it so hard. The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. So hard. So hard. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, it's because we have nice jingles to dance to, I think. 
Oh, yeah. I'm going to boost some stats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Fucking awesome. It is. And uh, you can participate, too. All you got to do is take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Pick you out a nude one. Yeah. A new nude podcast app. You can boost and uh, do all the fun stuff. Just like Harv Hat does every week as we're fading out from CurioCaster. He boosts, and uh, last week he did it again. 1420 sets from Harv Hat. All right. Thank you, Harv Hat. Appreciate that. And then on the post show, uh, we had some people jumping in right away. Uh, Sir TJ the Wrathful woke up in oh, the post show. Right. Thank you. He hit us with 10,000 sats out of Podverse, and he said, meant to boost earlier but fell asleep and woke up to the after show jams just now. LOL, apparently I can't hang late with the cool kids. Gritty teeth emoji, uh-oh. Uh, thank you for your courage and good night. Well, it's never too late to hop in the bowl. And that's the beauty of it. You know, it's uh, out there on an RS- RSS feed just waiting for you to have time to come in here. That's right. So you can always listen live or you can listen forever into the future. Because it's futuristic. Absolutely. Uh, next up. Out of Fountain, we had a 100-set boost from, uh, I don't know if it's Pies or Piez. Well, thank you. I want to say Pies. I love Pies. It's like Pies with a Z. P-I-E-Z. Mm, pies. Uh, either way, Pies says, the signal is strong. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way to the bowl right here. Boosting. It's not uh, peer pressure. It's just your turn. A boost from Hey Citizen came in. 420 sets. He said, Chad and Stacy plus plus. Hey, Citizen, thank you. Shouts out to Chad and Stacy, Keeping things uh, somewhat locked down in the chat there. And shout out to Hey Citizen, bringer of jingles. Yes, absolutely. Including his that opened up the segment. His jingles are fucking awesome. 555 was next up from Cameron out of Fountain. Thanks, Cam. And uh, Cameron was actually boosting Podcasting for Value, episode 26, in which we have a split. Oh, very nice. And uh, Cameron said, a truckload of scissors. So I need to revisit that one. I've seen a couple of boosts come in for that one but uh need to revisit it i feel like i have heard that one but now i have to go and recheck make sure i don't know why i just forget things you know it's easier for me to oh, you don't know why can't remember why i do remember though 420 sats is the next boost uh again out of fountain this is from user 396 <laughs> wow yeah new fountain user uh i think Welcome. i know who this is though because it's uh I think one of our Casey Bitcoiners, but pick a username. I don't want to dox people. Didn't you, oh, excuse me, didn't know you had a radio voice till now. <laughs> this is my ra- 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 radio voice. I was going to say, I think you use your regular voice. You yeah. Just speak it into a microphone. When, yeah. When you're speaking into a uh, a microphone with a compressor on it, yeah, then it's going to sound a little different. Just a little, though. Yeah. I still sound like this. Yeah. Just when you're in a bar, it's like, uh, you probably don't hear the low register as much, maybe. But yeah, I've got a radio voice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, 3333 sats, look at that, four threes. Oh, buck, buck. From buck, buck, trail chicken. Thank you, damn trail chicken. Let's see if it works from... (laughs) Oh, those were some hot bucks coming through. Forgive me for the hot uh, chicken drops. Running, uh, including the uh, helipad. Since the helipad has to listen to a local node, I had to cheat a connection into it. 
So I'm playing some things from uh, far away. But you've got the power. It seems to be working. We're getting some uh, balls, some balls smashing the pins, I should say. Yeah, I've heard the pins falling all the way from here. Same uh, quad threes from Piranesi, who said, My brown-eyed girl, Van M. Now, this came in two days ago, and I suspect this might have been an attempted song request over in... Uh, oh, in the Lotus? The Lotus Club 33 celebration. My suspicions. But uh, it's okay. We can boost it. We can uh, we can play that song. We'll play that song on the post stream. That's right. Play Just for you, Piridesi. Appreciate you. Uh, make Heroism with an extended Freedom Boost 17766. Oh, beautiful number. Beautiful boost. 1776 with a six on the end. Thank you, Make Heroism. He's coming out of Fountain. No, no, just the boost. Nam did a little toke toke test for us out of Fountain as well. Toke tested and received. Just making sure the sounds work, I believe. Uh, next was a Freedom Boost with a ni- uh, 69 twist on the end from Cotton Gin, 1776.9. Ooh, thanks, Cotton Gin. Coming out of Podverse. Podverse is the one. He said, Happy Independence Day with a flag and the bowling pins. Happy Independence Day. And then, 1776 with a two on the end from a millennial. He was satisfied with his test token and went for the real boost, which says, uh, Happy Freedom Tuesday. Thank you, Daddy Government, for finally recognizing my right to sit in my own goddamn backyard and feel all right. Red eyes and red hearts from St. Louis. Aww. <laughs> wow. Inhale the new freedom. Mm. Smells like freedom. It tastes a lot like the old freedom that we just took for ourselves with no permission at all. Yeah. Yeah. We were free the whole time. Unless uh, your neighbors ratted you out during yeah, a certain period. That's the that's always the catch, isn't it? Yeah. Forty two sixty nine from Harv Hat, that's his greeting. Whenever we hit the live pod ping, uh he's usually not far behind with that forty two sixty nine. This is a little boost marker. Thanks, Harv Hat. That was 33 minutes ago, by the way. Uh, next up, we've got 1776 plus a nine out of Fountain. That's for Mary-Kate Ultra. Ooh, thanks, Mary-Kate. And she sends me two uh, secret emojis that I cannot read because Helipad isn't reading them all. Oh, they must be spicy. So I have a limited set of uh, emojis that it works with. So I'll have to dig through, I think, probably Fountain surfaces them. That's my guess. Does this happen to us before? And then I'm... I'm always like, oh, looking fountain. And then I don't. But thank you, Mary Kate Ultra, for a 69 on the end of the 1776. Freedom boost. Freedom is 69. Uh, speaking of 69, and Bowley Steed hit us. Bowley. With the classic. 69! 69, dudes! Thank you. That's out of Podverse. She says, Podverse not showing live. What the fuck? Thank you for your courage being live today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a Tuesday. Feeling courageous. Is Podverse not showing us live? Podverse. Podverse. You see. Probably my fault, really, to be honest. Usually things are my fault. Mm. See my library. We're on the bleeding edge. Yeah, let me search. Bowl after bowl. Running with scissors. So uh, something we could maybe throw some dedicated wham at. Yeah, it doesn't show me live. Womp womp. Uh, the last few times that I have attempted... To send a pod ping from them, I get server errors. Oof. Podverse server errors. Yeah, they have this admin dashboard that I used to do all of my pod pings from. But uh, usually, it just spins up after a few seconds, and then you go, like, good to go. Yeah, and the pod is pinged. 
on the verse. But now it says, it always says, request failed with status code 401 now. Mm. Status code 401. Ba-oo. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get good one of these damn days. Yeah. Someday, I promise. It's uh, shown live in Fountain and in Curiocaster. Oh. But everybody does their uh, listening different to when shows go live. This is true. You need to figure out how to make that dedicated live uh, pod ping. And then all my problems will go away. Until then, Bully Steed. You've got to guess when we're live, I guess. Uh, what am I doing? Uh, what I'm doing is telling you I got 44, 44 sats next from Piranesi out of Fountain. Oh, thanks again, Piranesi. And then another... 69! 69, dudes! That came from Bully Steed out of Podverse. Ooh. Nothing like someone from Venezuela speaking to the importance of Bitcoin at a Bitcoin meetup. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I would uh, I would say so. It's a great use case. Uh, great example of inflation gone absolutely wild to where you have to have some sort of escape. People are holding dollars to escape infl- inflation down there. That's when you know it's... Uh, it's bad news. Bad news bears. Uh, 7474 will catch us all the way up. That was Piranesi hitting us again from Fountain. Oh, thanks. Much appreciated, sir. And uh, those are all the boosts so far, but you'll probably hear some pins falling during the course of the shows of the live boostergrams hitting. Just a fun, interactive way to uh, tune in, send value back, and kind of uh, be a part of the thing. Yeah, and there's other ways, too. You can be active in our chat room. Pound bowl after bowl on the zero node. You can send art like Make Heroism did. Make jingles like Hey Citizen. Send us news stories or articles on Mastodon or show at bowlafterbowl.com. And perhaps simplest yet, just pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. And there's one last way you can contribute value. Because we'd love to hear from you, so you can give us a call and participate in our first time I ever topic, which changes week after week, bowl after bowl. And this week, a very topical topic, we want to hear about the first time you ever played with fireworks. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play. That's right. We'll play it and we will not screen it. So whatever you say, we will play. You can also send text messages or pictures to the bowl at 816-607-3663. Absolutely. Uh, Cotton Gin pointed it out and uh, it's an unauthorized error. And I think he's right. I think I just wasn't logged in like an idiot. Oh, that 401 over at the Podverse? Uh-huh. Huh. So are you uh, I'm trying to testing get- a fix? I'm trying again. Trying again. It's spinning around now. That's a great sign. Spinning around. Always helps to log in to services you intend to use. Oh, C-Dubs is asking about this spam. Everybody got hit with spam in the IRC channels earlier today. Or maybe late over the night. It was like last night. Something like that. Mm. Spam after spam. Yeah. Come be cool in jerkoff.irc.com. Yeah. <laughs> IRC.com. Oh, this is why everything's modded and you got to... Get voice specifically over on uh, no agenda. Makes sense. Yeah. 
Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll be stricter about the uh, rules around here. For now. It's a free-for-all. Yeah, for now everybody gets the spam. Every once in a while. This happens every great once in a while. Yeah, it's pretty rare in the bull. The bull's a pretty chill chat. And I'm knocking on wood. Because I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Security through obscurity can only get you so far, I guess. I feel like we've only kicked one person out of the bowl once, and it was because they asked to be kicked. You yeah. remember that? They said, please, daddy, so we gave them the boot. Mm-hmm. And then we welcomed them back in with arms wide open. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, bowlers. And uh, thanks... Uh, also, additionally to Cotton Gen for pointing out the obvious that I should have known. Oh, so is it pinged and live over uh, on the Podverse? It's pinged. We should be live in Podverse oh. now. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm sorry about, yeah, live in Podverse. Sorry about that, Bully Steve. Solutions have been found. Thank you, Cotton Gin. Yes. Gotta keep, uh, somebody's gotta keep us on the rails, you know. Certainly not gonna be me. Mm-mm. Certainly not gonna be me. Although, uh, there is one segment that I am responsible for rolling us into after thanking everybody for their lovely boosts. Uh, and it's the segment that starts off with this jingle. Oh yeah. Bully Steed makes me want to build a node. Uh, she's the one that just hit those pins that you heard. 6969 again, of course. 69! 69, dudes! Out of the old podverse, and she said, Venezuela gal spoke to the scarcity of chalk from wealth to scarcity. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, going to a local Bitcoin meetup can really tie you into the surrounding community, and it's also just fascinating to see everybody's different background and, like, different reasons for coming to Bitcoin and also different depth of uh, participation. Mm. Some people at those meetings still just trade. Uh, some people in those meetings run nodes. Some people in those meetings never have used lightning. It's just like all up and down. Yeah, in all ages. Yeah. Men, women, purple people eaters. You never know. Big one, small one, some the size of your head. Oh my. Uh, I did find a really great uh, educational piece for the shit stain, which uh, is just going to be kind of bonus reading for you bowlers. Brushing up on your uh, cocaine knowledge. But I saw that uh, Lightning Labs uh, kind of put out a technical post, a technical walkthrough of hash timed lock contracts, HTLCs, we call them, and Lightning Channel operations. So it's an in depth explanation of like how channels open and then how uh, HTLCs actually work. Basically, H- the HTLC is the Lightning payment going through. And so two node operators with a channel connecting to one another, agree to update the current balance of who's, uh, you know, how many sats are on which side of that channel line as they route payments through. And so it just is a nice detailed walkthrough of how each HTLC is added, what the possible scenarios are, so like what happens when one times out or expires, um, what happens if people try to cheat, all of that kind of stuff. It's... uh. Got nice visual diagrams between Alice and Bob here. Uh, Programmers, two favorite example uh, users. And yeah, how updating fees work, how closing, like a cooperative channel closing happens. So closing is like final settlement of the channel. 
which is the final on-chain transaction to bring the channel to a, a permanent close and get your sats back on-chain and out of the Layer 2 lightning situation. 23 steps, 24, 25. 25 steps they walk through of like a whole channel's life cycle and possible uh, HTLCs to go through. It was a pretty interesting read, so if you're looking to brush up on something super technical, obviously I'm not going to walk through the whole thing here because uh, we put NetNet to sleep early enough as it is. <laughs> but we do like to get technical around here. That's right, and I and will link it in the uh, show notes. Exactly what I was about to say. So if you're listening in the future, it'll already be there. You can just look down into the show notes. Bada bing, bada boom. I don't see you in the uh, ops over here in the IRC. I was just going to throw you this link. So I don't know. what What's that all about? Oh, here it is. You just don't have ops for some reason. That's okay. I'm going to pass it to you. There's some other interesting things, though, going on in the BTC world. A little Bitcoin action, including I wanted to... Uh, I actually didn't want to. It just happened this way. I fell into your beat accidentally. Uh, MicroStrategy, company uh, headed by Michael Saylor over there, that yes. puts a shitload of Bitcoin on its books. Uh, they had a recent SEC filing, and oh man, it's loaded with numbers. Uh, MicroStrategy issued and sold $333 million worth of uh, their stock. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Wow. There we go. Somebody embiggened my cowbell there over there for a second. Embiggened. They turned my... They turned my hotel ding into a cowbell for somehow. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, they sold uh, $333 million worth of shares, worth of their own company shares. So they just keep issuing shares. So, <laughs> and then uh, with that, they bought another 12,333 Bitcoin. Holy magic number alert. And get this. After that purchase, now they claim, oh my good God. Now they claim to be holding a total of 152000 333 Bitcoin. Oh, the trifecta of magic numbers. I know, it just kept hitting and hitting. Can you believe it? I can. So basically they're like issuing company stock, and then with the uh, with the revenue of selling their newly issued stock, they're buying Bitcoin with it and holding that. It's almost like they're printing stock to acquire Bitcoin. Hmm, a what mi- a concept. A mind-blowing financial strategy, to be honest. Is it a micro strategy? It seems like a macro one. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, the F E. Uh, excuse me. The the S E C filing will be linked in the notes for anybody who wants to uh, comb through that and look at all the magic numbers lighting up this otherwise boring report. What could it mean? They're stacking them up over there, stacking up coins that end in threes like crazy. You love to see it. You do. <laughs> Shares are shit coins, says C Dubs for twenty twenty sets. Oh, thanks, Edubs. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So they're turning, uh, they're like mining shit coins and turning them into bitcoins. Beautiful. Uh, good work if you can get it. <laughs> um, the Prime Trust debacle continues to flame up. Um, I was reading more about this petition from uh, Nevada to place Prime Trust into receivership. We talked about it last week. And I hadn't really fully grasped the technical implications of what they've done. The, the, what they claim to have been uh, doing here is they had uh, acquired or signed up a, a new custodian in Fireblocks. So basically Fireblocks wallets were their new custodian. Uh, but then 
the petition alleges that Prime Trust, uh, at some point, a new man new management came in and made a decision to deposit some of the Prime Trust customer assets in old legacy wallets after they had already established uh, a relationship, a working relationship with Fireblocks, which is this custodian. So, huh. Fireblocks had to put out a statement in response to a lot of the speculation and buzz over this petition that came out. Uh, Fireblocks clarified that. No customer loss occurred at Prime Trust as a result of the Fireblocks wallets. Every, all the funds in there is safe and, and Prime Trust can get to them. But Prime Trust's claim is that there's a bunch of customer funds that were put into these so-called legacy wallets. And now they don't have any kind of act, uh, access to these legacy wallets they dumped a bunch of customer funds in. So it's like to the tune of, I don't know, it was like almost $90 million worth of coin. Mm. that they have and uh the access is much lower they got like two and a half million uh that they can access i don't know it seemed very fishy they're in big trouble man in big trouble it's like where did it go it's kind of it's tough to swallow that somebody at a company like that would put all the bitcoin into some old quote legacy wallets which is kind of uh Murky and mysterious. Yeah. But Already, then, what does that mean? Then, uh, whoa. Uh, can't access them. It's like Prime Trust's boating accident here. And so it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, those waters are making lots of people soggy, including CoinBits, who had uh, significant exposure over to Prime Trust. Uh, they had a kind of a big uh, Twitter thread. Oh, a Twitter thread? How official. I know. And uh, it's one of those... Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> We've been uh, updating you, but we think it's important to communicate directly to Bitcoin Twitter about what Prime Trust meltdown for means for Coinbits. There's many unknowns, but they intend to fight for our members that have funds locked up with Prime Trust. So, <laughs> um, one of the things they said was that the petition seems to indicate, at least to them, that Prime Trust still has enough Bitcoin to honor their members' balances, and so they're pursuing these assets on behalf of our members. The way I read the petition, though, it seems like. Maybe that's true if you have like a customer base that has a small slice of the pie of their total holdings. But if that's true for your claim, that's also probably true for a bunch of other claims out there that are competing. And, um, you know, they have no access to a good chunk of the deposits they were supposed to have been being uh, keeping keeping a hold of and have custody over. Uh, Bully Steed. Bowley Steed hits us from Podverse, by the way. She said, Prime Trust clusterfuck lost by Firebox because they lost keys. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Although, uh, Fireblocks. Fireblocks. Not Fireblocks. There is no loss of the Fireblocks wallets. According to them, of course. Yes. Also, we were speculating. Remember, I was like, I don't know what Fold's doing these days, but they definitely were Prime Trust. And yeah. Now you don't hear about Prime Trust. And... The Prime Trust uh, confirmation I used to have to make is no longer in play for withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Well, I had missed this uh, update June 22nd on the Fold blog, uh, which would have been just before last bull. And they they had a uh, Bitcoin buying and custody update on their blog. The TLDR of which was they made uh, major upgrades to the custodial strategy, laying the groundwork for significant improvements to the Fold Bitcoin buying experience. They temporarily paused buying... Uh, buying, excuse me, I think it's already back, but the withdrawals were still 100% available. They just switched to uh, what they used to do a while back, which was week uh, weekly batches every Tuesday that they'd send out during withdrawals. Mm. 
Tuesday. Uh, it's a good great, day. Great day to pick. Great day to pick. And now they have a couple of custodians. They're kind of spreading the risk out a bit. The custodians, uh, they, they claim that this strategy they're putting in with two qualified custodians, they say Fortress Trust and uh, BitGo are going to be kind of where they spread their custodial strategy out between. Um, and, you know, they're fully reserved and insured with over $250 million in insurance on assets. So that's supposed to make me sleep uh, really nicely. They do point out, I think, uh, quite nicely, I do appreciate this, that uh, Fold aims to be the best place to accumulate Bitcoin, not hold it, and that they do encourage self-custody and just like, as soon as you start accumulating anything here, like, pull it out, please. Yeah. Which is good, good advice. Good advice. They don't want to be like the guy holding your coin forever. They want you to pull that out. <laughs> but there's minimal withdrawal, so... You know, to a certain number, they want you to pull it out. Yeah. Um, still, overall, I've been pleased with the service because it's like, over time, it's added up. It's a nice way to uh, grab Bitcoin I, on uh, money I was spending anyway. So uh, anyway, they are no longer exposed to Prime Trust either. Everybody dropped them like a bad habit. Yeah, well, don't blame them. Uh, Zebedee has a new feature that I have not tried out yet, but I just read about it. And uh, you can earn Bitcoin for playing over 100 different Android games now. Wow, 100. Yeah, it's just, I guess, an opt-in thing where uh, mobile games can opt into um, this minute per, uh, sats per minute rewards. Whoa. Some sats per minute rewards. So, like, uh, the longer you're playing the game, you're just racking up the rewards. And you have to go through into the Zebedee app, and there's now a time-rewarded games section. You can hit on get sats per minute and then check it out. I don't know. I haven't looked in there. I haven't peeked in there. I just read the story about it. Yeah, but if you're already playing a phone game, then at least see if it's on the list. Right. Stack some sats while you're wasting time. Yeah, no doubt. Because time is money. There's a lot of different ones mentioned that I hadn't heard of, but boast a significant user base, including Candivore's puzzle game Matchmasters, Playtica's Slotomania, God, there's so many okay, of them. That means Ugh. nothing to me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, but Social Point City Builder and Creature Battler Dragon City is sure to be a hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say Dragon? Dragon, dragon City? Yeah. Okay, I'm in. A City of Dragons, <laughs> I believe. I don't know. There's over 100. There's over 100. So surely you can find something to uh, waste your time and stack some sats on. Oh, yeah, definitely. A little trickle. Yeah. More than Fountain Rewards, less than, I don't know, something else. Having an S9 on your fridge. If only I found myself sitting idly by with time for a phone game. Ugh. Yeah, if your S9's like fully operational, you can crank out maybe, I don't know, 3,000 or so sats a day from it. In my experience. Worth it. I'm down to one working board on that thing, though, so. Oof. Yeah. Pain. And it's hot. Hot summer. Speaking of hot, we did get a boost from Net Ned just now. Out of Fountain. He's hitting us with 10,000 sets. All right. Thanks, NetNed. He said, firecracker fourth boost for two of my favorite crackers. <laughs> it's not racist. It's a fact. It is a fact. You oh. missed a boost. Did I really? Yeah, right under Bully. Your oh, my favorite God. Number. How did I miss that? It's another, uh, that's why it ran in with the other one, because it was another. Uh, 69. 69, dudes. 
It's Hey Citizen. He said from Podverse here, yo, I finished work late tonight. Don't start the show yet. I'm still heading home. Okay. Let's pack things uh, back to the beginning. You want to take it from the top? Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. Because the kids are like heading outside finally or <laughs> it's quieter. There's no orchestra anymore. Yeah. I was given cookies. Yeah. Pop appeared with cookies. Yeah. And I'm too dumb to wait until your segment to start eating mine. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Okay, there we go. Restarted the show for Hey Citizen. Now that's what I call service. That's right. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. Picking up where we left off. <laughs> North Carolina. This is hilarious. This is a hilarious story about the efficiency of government. North Carolina House just passed a bill, uh, House Bill 721, which uh, includes provisions to study the acquisition and potential benefits of virtual cur- currency with a specific focus on bit- Bitcoin. So they're earmarking $50,000 to study to find out whether it should hold Bitcoin. <laughs> they should have just taken the money and bought Bitcoin with it and been like, how, how do we feel about this? Right. Uh, yeah, that's my feeling. Yeah, man. If only they would, you know, pass a bill to send $50,000 to bowl after bowl. I know, right? (laughs) I mean, it's just a drop in the bucket, North Carolina. Come on. Come on. You guys got that kind of money. You could even send us $50,000 to do a study on whether you should boost us or not. And we'll just do it on the study. Study after study. Yeah, I like that. Man, f*** them studies. (laughs) They're expensive, man. They are expensive. Yeah, so that's fun. Do they have like criteria for if it should, if a state should hold Bitcoin? Uh, the relevant sections, basically the Department of State Treasurer shall conduct a study that examines the process of acquiring, securely storing, insuring, and liquidating any investment metal bullion. By the way, this is titled State Precious Metals Depository, uh, Depository Study. Huh. So they're looking on not only Bitcoin, but also physical gold uh but any investment metal bullion as defined in certain general statutes of theirs such as gold and virtual currency such as bitcoin so metal bullion virtual currency they want to study all of that how that we how they could store it insure it liquidate it buy it sell it um hold it on behalf of the state also, the expected impact of allocating a portion of that general fund to investment metal bullion and virtual currency to hedge against inflation. So they want to see what could we gain by poor, uh, pulling out a portion of the general fund and hiding it in gold and Bitcoin to hedge against inflation and credit risks and uh, any kind of other nasties that may be coming our way with uh, mm. additional uh, depressions, maybe. Who knows? Recessions and depressions. <laughs> Rearing their ugly heads, no matter how bad they fudge the numbers. And yeah, how they're going to do it and what they could uh, what they could figure out with it. There's appropriated from the general fund of the Department of State Treasurer the non-recurring sum of $50,000 for 2023 to 2024 fiscal year to conduct this study required by this act. 50 Gs, my man. Wow. You could get, uh, get almost a couple Bitcoin with that. Get your start. Yeah. But hey, you got to study it first. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that uh, you read the entire user manual front to back before you drive your car. Yeah. Just the way it works. So that, by the way, it just passed the House, so it still has to go over to the Senate and make its way through the Senate over there. Okay, all right. So it hasn't been signed into law. That's correct. Yep. That's so silly. Yeah. 
We should write some proposals. <laughs> Bully Steed has a point in the chat. We should write some grant proposals. Okay, we can study some stuff. Yeah, for $33,000 or 33 Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, your choice. I would prefer... <laughs> your choice, buckaroo. Yeah, highlight the 33 Bitcoin. $33,000 or 3 Bitcoin. Fuck. Yeah, fair enough. I'm easy. Like a Sunday morning. Meanwhile, uh, while North Carolina is looking into the benefits of maybe holding some of the general fund in Bitcoin, Belarus wants to ban peer-to-peer Bitcoin transactions. Good luck. It's working on legislation to make it illegal to for- perform peer-to-peer Bitcoin transactions. Oh, man. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. Uh, how do you enforce that exactly? You just, like, go to people's houses and smash their machines, or...? I have no idea. And, like, how do you f- find their they, house? They plan to issue legislation banning peer-to-peer crypto transactions to reduce fraud. Citizens of the East Eurotrash com- uh, country will be allowed to conduct transactions only through exchanges based in the Belarus high-tech park for the sake of transparency and control. Uh, the ministry added that it identified 27 people who provide illegal exchange services since January 2023. Their total illegal revenues amount to nearly 22 million Belarusian rubles. Rubles. <laughs> rubles. Rubles. <laughs> Soon will be rubles. Yeah. And 22 million of those is 8.7 million of our uh, dollarinos. Oof. Yeah. So it's uh, almost 33% yeah. of our currency. The introduction of a practice similar to the procedure for exchanging foreign currencies will make it impossible to withdraw money obtained through criminal means. They're really going to crack down and tell people what's what. In such conditions, it will simply be unprofitable for IT fraudsters to operate in Belarus. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what you do. Belarus, I'm watching you. You can't ban it. No, and so that's also legislation that's not like signed into official law right it's like a bill working its way yeah they just announcing announcing that they're going to start trying to find a legislative tool to accomplish this mission best of luck yeah well you know you got to kick down every door and target every server yeah it's going to be something that's difficult to enforce it's going to be enforced really from the top down so like the biggest players will be the first targets and the small guys slip through the cracks speaking of Smalling guys, uh, small guys slipping through the cracks. Kraken was ordered by a judge to uh, provide a bunch of information about its users to the IRS. Ooh, Ick. for the agency's investigation of unreported tax or excuse me, underreported tax liabilities. This, according to a Bloomberg article that I have conveniently archived for you, bowlers, so you don't have to deal with all the fucking nonsense trackers and ads that come with this thing usually. Uh, cryptocurrency exchange Kraken was ordered by a judge to provide a wide swath of information about its users to the IRS. It wants information on Kraken accounts that did at least $20,000 of cryptocurrency trading in any single year from 2016 to 2020. So there's the criteria. You can decide if you're over or under that measuring stick. Did you do at least 20K of cryptocurrency trading in any single year over the last five years on Kraken? Well, not the last five. 2016 to 2020. Mm. I guess the last three years, uh, I don't care. Uh, Kraken had called the agency's summons an unjustified treasure hunt, arguing it went well beyond the boundaries set in a similar fight with Coinbase about six years ago. Um, the IRS did not win everything it was seeking from Payward Inc., which is the San Francisco-based company 
established in 2011 to operate Kraken, but uh, the company was directed to turn over users' names, birth dates, taxpayer identification numbers, so like social security number, for instance, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, some documents, that's quite vague, and transactional ledgers. Great. Uh, the judge wrote that the IRS has a legitimate purpose for seeking the materials, namely to determine the identity and correct federal income tax liability for users in the designated time period. Oh. <laughs> the agency's demands are backed up by the fact that taxpayers filing returns with Bitcoin-related investments are, quote, dwarfed by the amount of trading activity that occurs on Kraken. <laughs> they're like, they're like, there's all these trades, but there's so few uh, people punching a ticket, you know? Yeah, they're not paying the troll toll. The exchange had 4 million clients conducting more than $140 billion in trades from 2011 to 2017 and was registering as many as 50,000 new users daily, according to this order. Oh, they're not, uh, they're not telling us what all the money went. Yeah, they know there's uh, money to be had over there. Yeah, they're sniffing around for tax liabilities. They think they found a good uh, honeypot. Oh, Kraken is, a top, uh, Kraken is a top crypto exchange with daily trading volume of roughly $650 million globally. Daily? Every day. Wow. Uh, according to CoinMarketCap. The company didn't immediately respond to an emailed request for comment on the ruling. Eh. Um, They're cracking into Kraken. Yeah. Ugh. And if you used Kraken, your info was not safe. No. From no. the crack in. And this is why... Uh, KYC exchanges, ultimately, you'll want to stop doing that. I mean, these are going to be traders who are trading significant amounts. It's not going to be your average podcast booster, you know? Definitely. Uh, or node operator, even. Unless, you you know, you're sending 20K to podcasts in a, in a given year. I mean, it's not necessarily, like, impossible. But it's kind of beyond the uh, normal pale of existence, let's say. Um, but, you know, over time, the number might get smaller. Also, you got to wonder, like, $20,000, is that at the price at the time that that went down, or today's price, or, you know, is it someday going to be triggered to where, oh, what used to be $20,000 in trades is now $55,000 worth of trades, and a bunch of people get bumped into that bracket yeah. just because the price goes up over time. I don't know. All the shit coins. I don't know. But yeah, any place where you go on and you can get an option of buying, you know, 11,000 different coins, all these coins, all these bars going up and down. Ooh, trade it, trade it, trade it. Yeah. Shitcoin casinos. Man, it's best Heck. to it's best to just like good weed, it's best to find a guy and just get it directly from a guy. And you can do that at Bitcoin meetup. All the time people bring fiat and swap it around with people who have some liquidity and then guys go off and buy some of that non-KYC at RoboSats or Bisc or something and uh, the whole cycle continues. It can be done. Just takes a little bit of extra effort and careful planning is all. But also, if you want to just dip your toes in and get in the car and drive, frankly, uh, it's my opinion that some kind of uh, smaller amounts on these exchanges is going to hurt you. And if you uh, do dip your toes in the dirt, have have dirt on your UTXOs, that's a great time to learn about mixing and sw uh, swapping and uh, different things to kind of rinse the KYC history. Off of your coins, which can be done despite what the uh, Chainalysis companies claim that they can do. Uh, they claim a lot of stuff, but uh, backing that up has proven mm, muddy at best. Hmm. Muddy at best. So, yeah. 
That's a big pile of cocaine for you this week, hopefully. Oh, I tossed you a story that I came across, a headline just to add to this. Oh, okay. That was part of my B and yours. FTT jumps as much as 33% on news of potential FTX reboot. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Oh. Is it like the final pump? The final pump for FTT. So FTT is FTX's like in-house proprietary shitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're getting ready to relaunch, I guess, and people are like, oh, you gotta buy it while it's low. Well. That's how I read it. I don't know. Nobody really noticed. I didn't even see any stories about it, but they like have just dropped a bunch of the charges against the uh, goblin kid. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The banquet fraud guy. Like a lot of those charges just got dropped. Like, eh, well, you know, we'll put down, we'll make this all work out. You know, you shake his hand, he sucks your dick, that kind of thing, you know? Mm. Seems to be the way it goes. Yeah. If the bank account's legit, you must acquit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah must be nice. Must be nice, man. But uh, you know what I want to hear is a little bit of... Top 333. All right. All right. Well, my first story is uh, just in time for the 4th of July. little happy Independence Day to those in the Air Force who have had their bonuses phased out in 33 tough jobs. Rough. Because, you know, there's also easy jobs in the Air Force. And they didn't get their bonuses phased out. It was just these airmen in 33 tough jobs. Yeah, this was an article I found on Air Force Times. I suppose they should know what the tough jobs are. Yeah, speaking from experience there. Yeah, 70 career fields being affected. Big oofs. Then, it's not really a shocker, um, but there are five dead and at least 33 wounded in 4th of July weekend shootings in Chicago. Perhaps better known as Chirac. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah, one of the dudes got shot in the buttocks and died. Oh, that sucks. That really does suck. That's a, exactly the words that went through my head when I read that. That sucks. Shot in the ass to death. It sucks so hard. It sucks ass. <laughs> God. You know? I, I see where you went with that, yeah. Yeah, big oofs. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, well. Then I saw that uh, Macron, you know, the French leader there, Macron's approval rating reaches 33%, the highest since March. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. France still on fire. Well, I wouldn't go to France. <laughs> France? France is no longer France. Yeah. I've seen videos come out of France that make my blood boil, and I try not to watch them when I see, oh... You know, some little girl was attacked by someone, a big grown man in France. Okay, I don't want to see it anymore. It makes me angry, and I don't even live in France, and I don't plan to spend any money in France. But I was reading here that they did, it says uh, verbatim, the poll was conducted on June 29th and 30th as the government sought to calm unrest after the killing of Nahel, a 17-year-old of North African descent last Tuesday. I thought, oh, is that what uh, everyone is outraged about over in France? I don't know, because I've never been. I think they hate our freedom fries. That <laughs> is a fact. <laughs> and just a little bonus magic number this week. Uh, a gunman who shot an off-duty police officer in Milwaukee's historic third ward got 33 years in prison. Now, this happened at a Shake Shack in January 2022. The gunman was 19 then, and 
on the run for a week before they caught him. It sounds like he was trying to steal a car that a woman was using for DoorDash. And then he stopped because he saw that her kids were inside the vehicle. But he dropped his phone along the way. And the driver came out, saw his phone on the ground, grabbed it, and ran inside to get help. There just happened to be an off-duty cop in there who tried to stop him and then ended up getting shot twice. That officer did live and forgave the gunman, but called him a coward in court. So I forgive you, coward. Yeah. He had had other run-ins with the law, mm. you know. I forgive you, but I'm still salty. Well, that makes sense. I probably I mean, you got shot pissed. twice, yeah. yeah. And dude was trying to steal a car with kids in it. Shoot him, can't get shoot again. I'm sorry, I stepped on you. <laughs> Let's go behind the curtain before I cry about I'm it. I'm into that. It's my own fault, man. I should uh, really separate the mics out on their own recording tracks. I, I probably could figure out how to do that in an afternoon, but I just haven't taken the time to try it. Oh, well. Oh, well, you also, you know, you could just take a beat, or I could take a beat. I guess yeah, I stepped but, on you, you know? Yeah. One of those things is probably easier than the other. That's for sure. That's all. A couple of bowls ago, and perhaps last bowl, I gave DeSantis some speaking room, because he was asked about weed yeah. from a guy that was, you know, representing veterans who would like access to medical weed rather than opioids. So I decided now, when these candidates, hoping to be the next president of the United States, make a statement about weed, I will play it on the show. Nice. So we can dissect it. Cool. And this week... Kind of know where the issues, uh, the candidates are in the issues. Yeah. And straight from the horse's mouth, too. I don't want to just tell you, oh, this guy is bro-weed, oh, this guy's anti-weed, whatever. Well, I think that a lot of people make the mistake of... uh, Boiling down some, like, 10-minute answer on a debate stage into, like, a seven-word headline. And often it's a lot more nuanced than that. Definitely. This week, I bring you RFK Jr. Oh, boy. And now, for brevity, I did chop about 10 seconds out of this almost two-minute clip. Okay. Uh, and my, you know, my, I have my own history of addiction. So I was an addict for 14 years between starting one after my dad died till I was 28 years old. And, um, and, uh, and so, and I, you know, I'm very active in, uh, in recovery. Uh, I go to probably nine meetings a week and I have a very Holy good shit. idea of what works and a vision for what we need to do in this country. And we need to make addiction treatment easy, simple, cheap. A lot of the industry is, has devolved because of, um, because of a variety of factors into almost a predatory industry, a lot of the addiction treatment industry. And I've seen how it works in other countries. I've seen this beautiful model that they have in Italy called San Patrignano, where there are, um, there are uh, uh, 2,000 kids um, who work on a uh, on a large farm in a healing center, and they grow it's a beautiful model. It's good, and that's what we need to build here. And you know what I would do as president is I would I would decriminalize marijuana. I will make safe banking laws for people who are selling it, but I will tax it federally, and I will use that money to build these healing centers in rural areas, depressed rural areas all over the country, where kids can uh, grow organic food and. and eat good, eat well, 
heal themselves spiritually, physically, um, and, uh, and emotionally. And not only for fentanyl, but also for the many, many kids who are now uh, stuck on SSRIs and are suffering Ooh. other forms of depression. We need to start healing our country. Our country, you know, has a form of kind of chronic inflammation, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. We need to start healing ourselves and we need to, we need to be compassionate, but we need to be practical about it. That's an interesting answer. That's what I thought. He's good. He's a Kennedy. Healing centers all over the place, huh? It's like a hippy-dippy kind of utopia, huh? Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love Personally. the uh, SSRI name drop in there. That was cute. Yeah, that tickled my fancy for sure. Not many politicians uh, will say SSRIs, call them out yeah. for what's going on. The spiritual inflammation. Yeah. I liked that terminology. interesting term, isn't it? Yeah. And emotional and mental. Yeah. Flamers, flamers everywhere. But also, wow, talking about his own recovery and then being in, saying he goes to like nine sessions a week. That's a lot. Yeah. That's two on most days, I guess, huh? It would have to be. Yeah. If you got one day off, then that's two on, man. But then uh, I guess he knows what works. Two on three days and one on three days. One day off. A dude that's in it and doing it himself. Yeah, this is true. And clearly, yeah, he has healing that has had to be done. So I don't know if was a, that was an interesting answer to me. Okay, he wants to decriminalize weed, but he wants to federally tax it to fund the creation of these. I can't help but think of this Kansas City organization, Boys Grow, where they have sure. these inner city kids work on a farm. You know, to get them out. And bring a crop to harvest and sell it to market, yeah. Yeah, connecting with nature, doing entrepreneurial things. And it's good for people. Touching dirt, getting in the ground, gardening, that is spiritually fulfilling. And then eating clean and... And eating... Living clean. And it always tastes better when you grew it yourself. Not eating a pill every single day. Yeah. So... His political answer really resonated with me. Okay, I don't like the federal tax, though. How he wants to fund it with a yeah. federal tax, you well, know? Yeah. I want you to just deschedule weed and then leave it be. I don't need any federal involvement from there on. That would be nice. <laughs> Is there it? a federal tax for tomatoes when we buy our tomato seeds? Unfortunately, uh, they don't see it that way, you know? <sighs> How can I help them see it my it's way? It's a dangerous <laughs> drug. That's what they say. Yeah. Hey, Cotton Gin says there is a federal tax on tomatoes. I got no idea. I am the you last know, guy to ask about what the taxes were. Yeah. Too much taxation, not enough representation right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My tax dollars go to places I have no idea and definitely would not consent to. There was an article that popped up in Forbes this week entitled, Why National Cannabis Legalization is Still a Decade Away. Oh, boy. And their guesstimate here is, the earliest pro-pot president could be coming our way in 2033. Oh, jeez. I liked that number. <laughs> Head for the hills. Yeah. there. It seemed like it was the journalist was working on the assumption that uh, the election will be Biden versus Trump. Okay. 
And they both hate weed. Right. I mean, you know, Biden can't say that he hates weed. He has to come out and pretend like he's uh, pro-weed, expunging everyone. Expunged it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's expunged it. All he's done is give a handful of pardons. Nobody belongs in the prison, man, for, uh, for the thing. You know, the thing. But, of course, Biden also has this st- a study, essentially, going on into where weed should be... Uh, classified it's scheduled on the controlled substances act because right now it's schedule one a high risk drug along with lsd and some other good things should it be schedule one they're looking into it you know the department of health and human services uh and as we mentioned last bowl they will have an announcement maybe by the end of the year that's their aim and i just think that's such perfect timing for someone who's up for re-election don't you oh totally what a great little campaign stash to keep in your baggie it's like okay i know the answer of where weed could fall on the controlled substances act or be removed i could say that too right but you're gonna have to vote me back in it could fall right off yeah and again, it could be an empty promise they could come back and give that best answer yeah we think it would be best to just Take weed off of the Controlled Substances Act. And Biden's like, all right, well, reelect me. I'll make sure it happens. <laughs> and you know how campaign promises work. Yeah, they don't. Take them with a grain of salt. Because uh, probably not going to see that come to fruition. Yeah. Take them with a plug up your butt. But it's all political tools. Exactly. You know. Yeah, you got to dangle shit in front of the voters. So they'll be like, oh, I want that. Yeah. And they'll be like, dang it. Uh, gridlock Congress. Prevented me from getting shit done or whatever. You know, it's always some excuse. Oh, shucks. Yeah, it's always an excuse. Always somebody else's problem. Somebody else's fault. Yep, and they're always funded. My hands were tied. Vote for me again this time. I swear I'll make it happen. Yeah. Always with Big Pharma lurking in the background. Yeah. Weird how that works. Throwing money whichever way they need to tip the scale. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting guest on Meet the Press this week. Oh? DEA Administrator Ann Milgram. And I've grabbed some clips from it. She was, of course, talking to Chuck Todd. So thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about what I think is, is the most critical issue in the United States today, which is the fentanyl crisis, where the CDC has just reported that last year over 110,000 Americans have died from fentanyl and methamphetamine poisoning. About 200 Americans are dying every day from fentanyl. What I say all the time right now is that this is not a war on drugs. This is a fight to save lives. I really enjoyed the last part of her quote there. What I say all the time right now, this isn't a war on drugs. This is a, we're saving lives, (laughs) man. My current talking point says this. (laughs) No, she says it all the time right now. Yeah, she says it all the time right now. (laughs) Oh, that gave me a chuckle. Every second that is now, I say, hey, man, we're not at war and stuff. But also, something that concerned me with this first clip is she mentions 110,000 dead Americans from fentanyl and methamphetamines. And plenty of the pharmaceutical drugs are methamphetamines. True. And also, a lot of the pain medication received in hospitals is fentanyl. So I was just wondering, are these... uh, Free market deaths or deaths that occurred in the system or combination of both, you know? Was the drug 
illegally procured or legally procured? Oh, so many questions that I'll never get answers to. On to the next clip. <laughs> it is the deadliest drug we've ever seen widespread. It is 50 times more powerful than heroin. And so if someone does... if Even someone, the, le the legalized version of this drug that was FDA approved is 50 more what times deadly. Well, what we're talking about now is, is the illicit or... Right. or I understand that, but... This was originally a legal drug. Yes, and and just to make sure to be clear on this, there it is tightly controlled as a lawful drug given in hospitals, mm -hmm. often for cancer patients and end end of life as patches or mm -hmm. put put in under someone's tongue. What we're talking about is totally different. What we're talking about started in Mexico in 2014, 2015, what? where the criminal cartels and in particular the Sinaloa cartel realized that they could take chemicals and make drugs. Wow. So now we've got our bad guy. So they can take chemicals and make drugs, which is different than what the pharmaceutical company does. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I guess, taking... Chemicals and making drugs magic. in a laboratory. <laughs> they're taking magic rainbow unicorn poop and they're making drugs or something. <laughs> he must be doing something else. It's complete. She said it's completely different. It, uh, yeah. Completely. Not even any similarities here. You got fentanyl which is in the hospital, and because of that, it's good, it's all right. It's not even... She tried to even couch the 50 times more powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't do it directly. I thought that was an interesting stammer that happened there where he pushed on her, like, the yeah. FDA approved? And she's like, we're talking about the illegal? No, no, no. Now the cartel... We're talking about cartel fentanyl. They should call it something else. That was their big mistake. They keep calling it fentanyl, which is the, you know... It's okay. Fentanyl's okay. Yeah, it's FDA approved. Should call it like Caranoito uh, or some shit, you know? Yeah. Give it some little Mexican flair. Yeah, come on. Put heroin in its name. I mean, uh, Bayer's the one that gave us heroin originally, so thanks, Big Pharma. But here they are, you know, saying, okay, we need to think of, instead of a war on drugs, right, we need to rebrand the war on drugs mm -hmm. as saving American lives. Yes, and now we have our target, a specific cartel in Mexico, right? So now you're bringing like border issues into it and the usual divisive politics. And really one of Big Pharma's last and biggest competitors, if you <laughs> yeah. think about it. That's true. They're like, no, we're the cartel. What's this bitch ass cartel sneaking in on our turf for? Yeah, it's a great point. Really makes you thinking on. Yeah. So there was a part here I didn't bother clipping where she talks about using chemicals to make drugs versus using plants to make drugs. And oh. that's much easier to control because you can just eradicate crops. We've seen oh, how God. well that works. But, yeah. you know, there's like a finite Stupid. amount of there's a finite amount of material that farmers are working with, you know, essentially. Right. You can maybe destroy all the physical plants, but chemicals, oh boy. But where did the chemical come from? Yeah, the <laughs> only limit to these precursor chemicals is how much you're allowed to purchase from China. Sure. You know? And of course, then she brings up the talking point of a teeny tiny bit of fentanyl can be deadly. They've seized more than enough to kill everyone threefold. Yeah. Uh, they're hiding the fentanyl in other powdery drugs and substances and pressing it into pills that look like FDA-approved pharmaceutical pills. The usual. And then Chuck asks this question. 
It seems as if this almost feels as if it's an impossible task. Uh, the metaphor is you've got a hole in the boat, you're shoveling out water, you guys just, you're seizing more fentanyl than ever before, and the deaths continue to grow. Um, what does victory over this fentanyl scourge and saving lives look like in the next year or two? So now we've got a deadline, a year or two. Yeah, in the next year or two, saving lives, what does that look like? I also just want to say right now, it seems as if it feels as if. <laughs> <laughs> that really tickled me. I'm going to replay it. It seems as if this almost feels as if it's... A- this almost <laughs> feels as if. It seems as if this almost feels as if this is kind of like if you would imagine some made-up nonsense bullshit. Chuck's trying so hard to go along with the narrative. He's just not sure that he has all his talking points in order. <laughs> yeah. She is, seems uh, very unprepared for the pushback for a Meet the Press. Uh, usually those feel so scripted. Yeah. She was all over the place. She seemed to be caught a little flat-footed on the first question anyway. Maybe a little over-medicated. Maybe. Maybe. That's the deal. Well, here was her answer to his big question there. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, the the core thing that we have to be focused on is Americans who are dying, right? Right? Right. Right? This is the new point of focus. Dead Americans. Americans who are dying. No, bye-bye, we're on drugs. Let's talk dead Americans. And then blame the drugs and blame the Mexican cartels. Just blame Mexico yeah. for the dead Americans. That's That's the new war on drugs, I guess. Or the new narrative they're trying to push onto us. And then she brings up a new mission. We have changed the way we work. Our mission right now is to save lives by defeating these two cartels that are responsible for almost all of the fentanyl in the United States, the Sinaloa cartel and the Jalisco cartel. And we have to stop the fentanyl from being made. She added a cartel in there. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I've never been to Mexico. And my research on Mexico is quite limited. But sometimes I wonder if the cartels aren't just government officials in different costumes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like how we talk about the fentanyl that gets trafficked in the United States, a lot of it seems to be going through law enforcement, which is really weird. There's yeah. definitely intertwining with the governments, both like federales and the locals and the cartels. There has to be a symbiotic relationship there, you know. One can't operate without the other. They got to dance in tune. Yeah, like heckle and jekyll. Yes. We announced charges today against four Chinese chemical companies, right. eight Chinese nationals, two of whom are now in custody, um, starting there with the precursor chemicals. Right. Is the Chinese government going to cooperate with us on this? So we have had recent conversations uh, with Chinese authorities, both in Beijing and in Washington, talking about improving law enforcement cooperation. And what I would say to you, Chuck, is yeah. that we DEA stands ready to work with anyone who will work with us. Is- That's a long way of saying no. Exactly. And also, (laughs) fuck Chuck for stepping on her there at the end. It's so annoying. She said, well, yeah, the DEA will work with anyone who will work with us. Yeah. That's so gross. Desperado. To hear, yeah, an American government official saying. Okay, you know, if if they want to play ball, we're ready to play ball. How slimy. But if they don't, we don't give a fuck. We'll just run right over them. And Chuck caught on to her not answering his question, so he kept uh, badgering her about it, you know? And then she made this statement. For about the past year, we have not had the cooperation that we want to have. And, of course, we have offices in in the People's Republic of China and all over Asia. We have 334 Mm -hmm. offices around the world. 
334. There's a magic number. It's like they need to close one to me. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Once they close an office, then they're good to go. Three, three, four offices, though. Oof. It's just crazy. It's so spooky. We have two countries that are not doing business with the United States uh, on, a, on, a, on an honest basis. One is China. What do you think the second country is not doing business with the United States, honestly? Uh, Russia. That's what I thought, too. And I'd argue the other is Mexico. And I'd ask you this. These cartels, <laughs> who's in charge of Mexico? Is it the government or is the government afraid of these cartels? Who's in charge of the cartels in Mexico? Is that what he asked? <laughs> Let me replay it. I think we that is kind of what it sounded like. Doing business with the United States uh, on a, on a on an honest basis. One is China, and I'd argue the other is Mexico. And I'd ask you this: these cartels, who's in charge of Mexico? Is it the government or is the government afraid of these cartels? Okay, who's, yeah, who's in, charge in charge of, of Mexico? Mexico? It almost sounded like he couched it a different way, but that makes more sense. Yeah, who's in charge of Mexico? The governments or the cartels? And the answer to that question, of course, is yes. Precisely. Duh. And one final clip from this painful Meet the Press segment. One of the main ways we see Americans dying right now is through social media. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. Okay, I paused it at an opportune moment because I just thought that was hilarious. Death by Facebook. You hate to see it. But I'll let her keep going. Media, the purchase of pills, fake pills on social media. So, again, if we're after, you know, how do we stop 110,000 Americans that's from dying? That's a place to start. That's a place to start. Yeah, okay. To place to start. So, Mexico, bad. Social media, pill buying is bad. Are there people selling fentanyl pills on Facebook Marketplace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hide your children, hide your wives. Tell them to quit their legacy social media app. It will save their lives. R.I.P. Silk Road. Yeah. Ah, well. In other news, perhaps more comforting news, bipartisan bipartisan lawmakers have introduced what they're calling the Mark Fogel Act. Oh. It doesn't really do Does it bring him home, or does it just write a poem about him? They write about how... He meets six of 11 of the criteria uh, established by the Robert Levinson Hostage Recovery and Hostage Taking Accountability Act to be designated as wrongfully detained. Mark Fogel, again, teacher to the children of spooks in Russia who was arrested at the airport with his medical weed and his prescription of it after getting back surgery in America. Right. So they say... Hey, he meets six of the 11 criteria. Why aren't you classifying him as wrongfully detained? It forces, according to the lawmakers who wrote this, it forces the United States State Department to explain why they're not considering him wrongfully detained and hopefully change the status. Also, uh, the House Rules Committee is considering... If amendments on medical weed and psychedelics can be added to the National Defense Authorization Act, which is a great place to shove in amendment after amendment. I think they've approved more than 1,400 amendments so far. So, you know, adding a little medical weed in there. Maybe some uh, psychedelics for medical purposes. Who's gonna know? Who's gonna care? 
It'll just be a benefit, and you can just, you know, pad it. It's not like anyone reads those thousands upon thousands of pages in the National Defense Authorization Act. It's just, it's just you know, millions and billions of dollars being spent. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Who cares? Uh, the NBA Collective Bargaining Agreement was signed this past week. Ooh. Yeah, 676 pages. That's quite a tome. Yeah. Of course, it does... Remove weed from the league's banned substances. So here we go again with the basketball privilege. And uh, there are penalties written out here for players who get caught driving under the influence or uh, selling weed on the side. So it's kind of, it seemed like they were trying to make it on par with alcohol. Of course, and no one's looking for you selling a bottle of vodka to your friends or whatever. Nah. Um, But, you know... You have to go through treatment if you get caught high on the court or, again, driving under the influence and such. And they've opened up their, you know, approved treatment for people using synthetic cannabinoids, which could be like Delta 8, Delta 10, all of these gray market things that came out with federal hemp legalization. Uh, You can voluntarily put yourself through treatment for those. But once you've gone through treatment, whether it was for getting in trouble for weed or you just said, hey, I need help getting off D8, <laughs> whatever, if you get caught using again, you can face fines and possible suspensions. You have to comply and comply uh. and, uh, yeah, keep up with that treatment. So, creepy. The weed's the treatment. Right. I don't understand. Yeah. It's like almost nothing changes. I know. That's what ticks me off. It's like, okay, you're not banned from using it, but if you need help, you should get help. And if you, it sounds like if you use it, you probably need help. Gross. Yeah, just leave it alone. Stop talking about weed. Yeah, because the weed helps. The end. Yeah. Uh, the Department of Justice has another postponed deadline to file its position on the safe house lawsuit for safe consumption facilities. Now their new deadline is July 21st. This can has been kicked down the road since 2019 when the lawsuit was originally filed. They can keep it going forever, it seems. Yeah. Safe consumption facilities. I think I've said this before, but with the narrative that's playing out right now, overdose prevention centers sounds better to me. Sure. I think you would get more votes on that. I like that. <laughs> uh, that's our uh, political uh, consulting group, you know? Yeah. If you decide to use this in your campaign, send bowl after bowl some sats. <laughs> Alaska regulators have proposed that mothers can breastfeed their children up to 18 months old in dispensaries, whether they're employees or... Or shoppers. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was great. Because you can't bring your baby into any dispensaries here. No. Which is so stupid because it's like it's a baby. They don't even know what's going on around them. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! Yeah, and boobs. Come on. It's a win-win. Keeping healthy kids. Weed and boobs go together really well, actually. Yeah, seeing boobs. It's nice. Good job, Alaska. That's smart. In Colorado, a judge has issued a temporary restraining order against the fees being charged by the state's track and trace system provider, which is 
Metric. Metric. Everybody yep. uses metric. It's crazy. They're trying to impose fees on people on top of what they're getting paid to be the state's entire track and trace system provider. Greedy bastards aren't even happy with a monopoly. They got to add some extra bullshit on top. Isn't that gross? Yes. So gross. Connecticut's homegrown law took effect. Oh boy. So if you're 21 or older, you can grow up to six plants in your house with a limit of 12, no matter how many adults are in the house. And that's, of course, three uh, baby plants and three adult plants, or however they want to call it. Ugh. The plants have to be indoors, outside of public view, and in a secure location that's inaccessible to underage people and pets. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the pets away from the weed. Oh, my God. What could happen? And by underage, that, of course, means legal adults, too. Yeah, 21 and under. To 20-year-olds, right? yeah. So stupid. Well, you know what they call that. It's a step in the right direction oh, yeah. after all. After all. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill prohibiting people from possessing pot at recovery residences. Okay. So you're in recovery. You can't have weed. But you can still have your prescribed medications. Well, yeah. All your scripts are good for you in your recovery. Yes. So that's a doctor has to recommend the weed to the medical patients. How is that not a script? You got to be a good slave. Yeah. Weed just is not part of being a good slave. Despite what Tucker Carlson wants you to believe. I know. Open your mind, man. <laughs> Come on. DeSantis also signed a bill which allows physicians to renew medical certifications via telehealth. So that's convenient. But an amendment got slipped into this bill that gives black farmers medical weed business licenses. And I'm talking any and all farmers who identify as black and have applied for a weed license. They're going to get it now, even if they were denied. All they have to do is fix the deficiencies in their application and resubmit, basically. And then, oh, you're black. Here's your license. Ooh, slips it in. Isn't that wild? That is wild. So, uh, there's something written in here, too, is, oh, if the applicant died during the application process, their license <laughs> can still be given to them. Oh, nice. So, I guess their next of kin would just take over or something. It's crazy. That reminds me of when uh, Mel Carnahan still won the Senate race and he died during the race. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Well, then what happens? Uh, they put his wife in the Senate seat. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. It was interesting, indeed. Not who was voted for, but we elected. We elected a dead guy, and they stuck his wife in there. Yeah, well, you know. Fair trade. It, the wheels were already turning, you know? You can't stop the wheels of democracy once they get momentum. Yeah. New Hampshire lawmakers sent Governor Chris Sununu a bill to create a commission to draft legalization legislation with state-run stores. Oh, no. Yeah, Sununu's definitely going to sign this because he has talked about this idea so much. He wants a state-run legal system, and it grosses me out. It, Come on, New Hampshire. Live free or die. I guess you're all dead. This is our weed, comrade. Yeah. Ugh. Then down in New Mexico, a hundred weed businesses came together and drafted a letter to the governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, uh, asking her to pause licensing. Uh, they said, hey, we got three suggestions for you. 
pause licensing because the market is oversaturated, pause applications for the same reason, or dedicate more resources to prosecuting anyone participating in the free market. You know, the illegal black market. Dedicated wham. <laughs> Dedicated wham. <laughs> I hate that. It's like, okay, I'm a free market lover, you know? So you've already got 100 businesses out. What's a couple hundred more? If you're not getting the business you think you deserve, obviously your value isn't all that high, you know? Value out, value in. Yeah, you would think so. That's how the free market operates, baby. Oh, well. But my monopoly. In Oklahoma, some weed businesses are suing over new higher licensing fees. And we've talked about this before when the bill got signed. Boy, this is a raise in licensing fees. Um, the annual fees as they were was about 2500 bucks a year. Now, it could reach more than $50,000 a year. Holy shit. Because the fee will be based on your volume of sales. Oh, no. Yeah. The new fees uh, just called and they were like, wow, I am really high. Exactly. So their lawsuit alleges that the House Bill 2179 is a uh, revenue-raising bill, which should have passed the legislature with a supermajority based on the provisions of a constitutional amendment that passed in 1992 requiring that. It was also enacted a day before the legislature adjourned, which violates another requirement of revenue-raising measures. They have to be enacted before the last day of session. Then they're saying that it violates a constitutional prohibition against special laws for creating a tiered licensing system and free tax schedule against growers and processors, but not dispensaries or testing facilities. So it also uh, refers to these fees as funds, but really they're taxes. So, sneaky. You know, yeah, sneaky legal word choice. And I guess the Medical Marijuana Authority in Oklahoma already receives 7% of the excise tax on retail sales. So so somebody's swimming around in a bunch of gold coins for, for what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, with no banking access and no uh, 280E on their federal tax paperwork, the businesses are just getting killed. Where did it come from? Murdered. Virginia... Their very confusing law restricting the sale of what they're calling intoxicating cannabinoids okay. finally went into effect. They were trying to close the loophole that was created when the Farm Bill of 2018 passed, mm -hmm. uh, saying, oh, if it's less than 0.3% THC, it's hemp. You know, federally legal hemp. Yeah, 50 state legal. 50 state legal. And then we started seeing Delta 8, Delta mm -hmm. 10 coming out, and we've got these gray market hemp shops all over the place. So <laughs> their new law that's in effect says that a hemp product has to contain 25 times as much CBD as there is THC. And if you get caught selling these hemp products and you're not like a licensed shop, like a licensed dispensary, you're going to start paying a... Uh, a thousand dollar annual fee to keep doing that. Oh, that seems pretty laid back. That's kind of low, but they've got these really steep fines if any of your products aren't that 25 to 1 ratio. So it's so frustrating because Virginia legalized the possession of weed in 2021, 
but the state hasn't provided a framework for selling it. So it's all just a big, giant, gray market of hemp products. And, of course, a monopolized medical market. And then the free market. So I think that this is all bad. I think a lot of these hemp shops are going to have to close or move to other states. And uh, you're going to see more free market interaction. Nice. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from uh, all the way across the world. In Ukraine, where Zelensky is now uh, pushing for medical weed legalization, (laughs) you know, to aid the Ukrainians who are suffering from the trauma of war, of course. You got a lot of guys with glaucoma on the front lines, too. You got to remember. Yeah, it makes sense. Medical weed was also part of his 2019 presidential campaign. Uh, And he had this quote I was seeing all over the place where he said, oh, it's normal for people to have access to cannabis droplets. His words, not mine. I thought that was interesting. I don't know what a cannabis droplet is. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking a tincture or an oil. I've never done a droplet. I'd do one. <laughs> Amen. Fist bump. <laughs> um, but I also think it's worth pointing out that a bunch of United States weed companies have been providing financial support to Ukraine. So, you know, maybe they're looking at Entering the global market and expanding their footprint a little. I don't know. They finally added up enough uh, contributions to get an ad, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, where's our Zelensky uh, ad, man? Zelensky's also up for re-election in the spring of 2024. So, you know, weed, always a good carrot on the stick. Always outperforms every candidate on the ballot. And my last thought here is just Russia and weed have become enemies in Mm -hmm. the public narrative so ukraine just has to one-up russia again you know make russia look bad well we'll let you fly here with your medical weed it's no big deal it's just weed it's normal normal to take your droplets we'll give you droplets (laughs) (laughs) normalized droplets yeah maybe with lsd anyway that's all i got for buying the curtain fantastic well great lineup as always uh even on the fourth you're coming through coming through hot love to see it uh, you know what else I love to see? It's a fresh metal moment in my inbox. Oh, yeah. From the Rev, Cyber Trucker, who had to bid us adieu. He's got a early rise tomorrow, but he did not uh, sign off without a 4th of July metal moment. Let's hear it. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Most people would think that School of Rock started with the 2003 movie starring Jack Black. But it actually goes all the way back to 1996 with a music teacher by the name of Paul Green starting his business as the Paul Green School of Rock Music. Green was bought out in 2009 by Investor Sterling Partners, and in 2012, the name was shortened to the School of Rock. As of 2023, there are now over 300 open locations and more than 55,000 students, with the majority of those students being in a program where students are accepted at any skill level with the goal of getting them on stage 
playing a concert before a paying audience, with the most skilled students competing to become a member of the School of Rock All-Star Band. From April of 2022, this is the School of Rock All-Star Students performing a cover of Kansas, Carry On My Wayward Son. Dig it. Yeah, slick riff. Gotta love it. They nailed it. School of Rock Rockers Rock. Well, thank you, Riverside and Trucker. You can follow his shenanigans and what he's up to over on NoAgendaSocial.com. He is at RevCyberTrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. Always uh, scooting around the country, picking things up, putting things down, but still finds the time to pull over and give us a metal moment. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rev. You rock. You rock. All our bowlers rock, too. We are doing a little 4th of July-themed version of the game that we play every week, uh, which we like to call The First Time I Ever Did a Thing. The first time I ever... This time we're talking about the first time I ever played with fireworks. And if you want to uh, give us your first time story, you can always pick your phone up and call 816 Three six six three uh, bowlers have been doing this today, uh, including this bowler right meow. Happy America Day, Lauren and Spencer. Well, happy to you. How you guys doing? Doing great. How about yourself? Speaking of fireworks, oh, I'm actually uh, helping out and with some friends and doing the overnight shift and watching their fireworks booth. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's like two thirty in the morning. Yeah, just making sure nothing gets messed with. He's a bouncer anyway, for the team. Uh, yeah, first time I played with fireworks. I never really played with fireworks, actually. I mean, here in FEMA Region 9, like, everything's just more like fountain kind of stuff. I mean, it's still, stuff still cool and whatnot, but, uh, or, I mean, you can get cool stuff, but, man, it gets pricey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even as a kid, it was kind of like, I don't know, just didn't care. Uh, I do remember though, like, I guess technically the answer would be like fun around fireworks. I remember being at a friend's apartment. It was probably like July 5th or something because there's all, or around then because there's all these fireworks that hit, uh, all these like used fireworks that were around the apartment complex and whatnot. And yeah. we're like trying to look through them to see if there's anything that like maybe like having a lid or still had some power in it, so to speak. And after I was thinking about it, I was like, oh yeah, it's probably definitely stuff not from. Not from the area because it looks like it's supposed to like shoot in the air and and whatnot. So yeah, you know, looking for duds in all the not, wrong places. Uh, not for the used parts of the woods, so to speak. But uh, anyway, yeah. But it's always funny when people come up and like, "You got any M80s or you know, <laughs> whatever quarter sticks, baby?" 
stuff like that. I'm like, dude, not here. Go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, that was probably the first technical time playing with fireworks was just <laughs> trying to find, yeah, there was something good in there. And I think some of them were, I mean, heck, it's like, I'm playing with, like, action figures. So we probably even, like, took some of them and just, like, played around with the action figures and, like, played with them and the fireworks or whatever. So, yeah. Oh, that's the answer. All right. Well, back to patrolling the skis. There you right, go. Love you guys. They're dangerous. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like I told the other guys, have some water and a hose and fire extinguisher nearby still. And, uh, you know, every time one goes off, give a good old kick Well, that would be a lot of cacaws mm-hmm. if we gave a little caca every time one went off. Thanks, caller. Keep a sharp eye on these uh, fireworks. I always thought it'd be fun to do a fireworks tent, you know? Just a big hustle. And that's, still, that's something I understand. Like, buy a bunch of shit in bulk and then just break it down to retail. Yeah. Slash prices, get an inflatable monkey or something put out there. But find the American-made fireworks, man. American-made fireworks might probably cost a lot more. Yeah, but America. Take sats. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sats for fireworks. Smart. Truly yeah. independent. That'd be fun. That would be fun. You know who has fun? This next caller. Good afternoon slash evening slash morning slash night, depending on where you're hearing this and when. Oh, good evening. This is Night, Bach. morning. Good day. And uh, in the bowl. In the bowl. And to answer your question... My first experience with fireworks sucks. I think I was Uh-oh. three or four, and my daddy let me hold fireworks, hold uh, sparklers. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's not the good one. You want the good one, all right? So the good one is <laughs> that on my 39th birthday, now you have to have some backstory for this. Okay. I lived in an Alaska rural dry cabin on an island on a beach, all right? So a big lot, I mean, five, six-acre lots, right? So a lot of space. And what my um, uh, my ex-partner, will call him Mr. O. Mr. O and I would go to the fireworks stand. We would buy these G.I. Joes. What, it, that's what we called them. And I'm sure you recognize them. There's a little plastic army guys, the green plastic army guys, and they're stuck on the parachute, and uh-huh. they shoot out of a little artillery uh, paper cannon, Yeah, and their parachute opens. Yep. And our game was we'd take our guns out and shoot at the parachutes and then go get the parachutes and see if we'd made holes. Oh, nice. Right? And we did this for, like, every redneck party that we had. Or, I don't know, Bay Billy, that's what we were. We lived on a bay. We were Bay Billies. Okay. Anyway, so whatever we did, birthdays. and So it was my 39th birthday, and we were doing this, and this guy had just moved four lots down from us. And I repeat, these are five, six-acre lots, huge. And we're shooting over the water, right? And this guy called in to the troopers. The troopers came down and said that, this dude had reported that our shot, you know, from the goose guns, the the long shotguns, mm-hmm. were hitting his house. Now, we're shooting over a bay, and his lot is, we were shooting in a different direction than his house, uh-huh. all right? 
and there is no freaking way out like of bullshit. these guns that this could have happened at all. And it, never mind all that. Regardless, the cops came down, the troopers came down, they took all the guns they could find, not all the guns we had. Oh, no. Keep that in mind. You know, they, they, but they took all they could find. And it took, I'm in a ballpark it in the area of about two and a half years to get most of those guns back. I think they took... Oh, oh no! Cliffhanger. Two and a half three. years to get the guns back, though. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That sounded fun, though. No doubt. Yeah, shooting those parachutes. Yeah. Me, 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 Candy, hitting me, dude. And on acreage, come on. Yeah, I doubt. And it. over a bay in a different direction. You know uh, how skilled you'd have to be to hit the roof even once, but more than once. Yeah, <laughs> pretty skilled. Yeah, well, haters gonna hate, you know, gonna infringe on whatever you're doing. Look, why you gotta call the cops, man? That's so yeah. lame. You gotta stop. Stop hating and start participating. You know, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? Yeah, Ken. like a, a little child. Uh, do you remember your first time playing with fireworks? I do. It was with you. Oh, no way. Yeah, and your sister and your dad. And it was a sparkler. And I had never done a sparkler. Whoa. But I said I'd do one because we were just out in your driveway and you and your sister were doing them. This was pre-kids. Right. You know, uh, like a decade back or so. Well, I grew up in Massachusetts where fireworks are very much illegal. <laughs> yeah, there's like not even snakes and sparklers or what? Uh, not around me, at least. Good stuff. This is the good stuff. <laughs> snakes and sparklers. <laughs> sparklers. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I held a sparkler and just pretended like I knew what I was doing. I didn't get burned, though. I'm a very cautious little lady. So. <laughs> <laughs> for battle, stay, stay dangerous. I cautiously stay dangerous. <laughs> well, that's wild, though. You were a grown-ass adult before you played with fireworks. Yeah. Yep. Seems safer that adult. way. Yep, I still have all ten fingers and all ten toes. Well, uh, let's see if this next caller has all of his digits. Howdy, y'all. Rev here. Hey, Rev. Uh, let's see. The first time I ever played with fireworks was kind of kind of a special thing for me. My family, my my mother, my father, my brother, and I, we all took a trip to West Virginia. And all the way on the way back, my dad went the southern route uh, down through Texas to to get down to California. And while we were going that direction, my dad pulls into this big old huge fireworks place in Alabama. And uh, he looks at me and my brother, and he says, come on, boys. So we go in with him. We're walking around. We're looking at stuff. And my brother and me, we're like, I think I was eight. My brother was seven. And uh, we're looking around. We're like, hey, look, cool, you know, sparklers. Blah, 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 blah. And then uh, my dad says, uh, hey, go pick up one of those. And I looked where he was pointing, and he was pointing at this display that was just full of bottle rockets. Oh, yes. And he says, uh, you go pick one, and you go pick one. And we walked over there. It's just this big old huge display of grosses of, of bottle rockets. So my brother and I pick up a brick and bring it to my dad. My dad goes, okay, put it up on the counter. And bought each one of us uh, 144 bottle rockets each. Nasty. Nice. And when we got to California, he uh, gave us each. He went to 7-Eleven, bought two uh, Bic lighters, gave one to me and one to my brother, and said, have fun. 
<laughs> that was my first time playing with the uh, with the fireworks. Was just a bunch of bottle rockets in the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl. Bottle rockets are fun. Little Alabama snack along the way, man. Some uh, rockets for the road. Yeah, they're high, they're way more banned in Iowa. So my cousins used to come down to just the side of the state line to get them and then drive them back up there. There's all kinds of fireworks stuff like right before you hit the Iowa border because of that. Makes sense. Like the big year-round warehouses and stuff. Kind of like the dispensary placements on the Kansas side. It's a lot like that. <laughs> They're all like that. Cotton gin jiggered my memory. Oh? You know those little like snapper things that you throw on the ground and they yeah. go pop, pop, pop? Oh, yeah. They definitely sold those at a flea market I would go to because the kids would always have them. Like, and it terrified me. <laughs> I don't like loud noises. <laughs> yeah. Snapdragons. Snapdragons. Or they're branded as other things. Yeah. And yeah, you could drive up to New Hampshire, I think, and get fireworks. Well, that was probably the first uh, explosive I ever played with was the Snapdragons, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can't remember how old I was, but super young when I did those. And then also New Year's with the party poppers. Oh, yeah. You pull the string and that confetti goes plow. Yeah. But really what I consider a firework would probably start at Sparkler, at oh, least. Oh, okay. Which, uh, for me, uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it was the lake. We'd go sometimes for the 4th of July down at the Lake of the Ozarks, my grandparents' place. And we never really did like a shitload of fireworks when I was growing up. We'd get like a little bit of stuff. And common things would be, I don't know, it, it, we'd get more as I got older. Like starting out, no way. It was like mainly party popper and snap stuff. We'd always get snaps. Mm. But then everything else is like, we just, I'd watch my neighbor friends shoot stuff off. Or I'd watch uh, my cousins. When we'd go to the lake, my cousins would load up. And they were, like, way too young to be handling fireworks. And so then they'd be shooting stuff off, and we wouldn't. It was just, like, this point of contention, you know, because mom was like, no, 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 no. But uh, my aunt did end up burning the shit out of her hand on a sparkler. Oof. Which, uh, when she was an adult? Yeah, down there while we were down there. Which is, like, my mom was, like, a, in, like, a kind of a told you show kind of thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She was having fun. Too much fun. So sparklers at the lake would have been the first. Uh, although I also have a memory of doing it at my other grandma's house. She lived in an apartment that backed up to this pond. And I just remember writing my name. You got it the big sparklers with the metal sticks. Yeah. It used to be like way more common. Now it's like you see the wood stick crap all over the place. But those metal stick ones, that's where it's at. You can really burn the shit out of your hand if you... Grab it the wrong place. Those yeah. are cool, though, and they last a while. Definitely. I think Scout Camp was the first time I actually interacted with bottle rockets. Some shithead brought down some. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I like them uh, little ones that whistle on the ground and crack, too. Those are interesting. They're like, meh, along the ground. Parachutes. Fox mentioned the parachute guys. I love parachutes. Those are always fantastic. But I like those low intensity variety packs where like you light it and it gives you like a small firework show like little fountain type fountain stuff. yeah that's what they're called <laughs> the fountains once i get into wars it's like roman candles and bottle rockets are the two best for wars oh but then um also turning a saturn missile battery on its side and shooting at somebody is quite effective they used to sell these ones that were like 150 saturn missiles but it would fire like 
30 at a time, so it'd be like five volleys of 30. Yeah, those were crazy. When you're warring at each other, that's kind of fun. Long sleeves and all that kind of stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. No, None of us got severely hurt while we were doing Bottle Rocket slash Roman Candle Wars. Well, I'm glad you have all ten fingers. Yeah, all ten fingers. I have uh, had a couple of black cats blow up before in my hand. Just because the fuse is too short. You, like, cook them fuses and you're trying to, like... Let it go down until it's like really short, so you can throw it in the air and it like explodes in the air. A black the, cat? Is that like a? It's like a little firecracker. Mm. Just like the little, it looks like a miniaturized stick of dynamite with a fuse sticking out, and it just goes pow. Some people call them water dynamite because you can drop them in water too, and they'll explode. Um, yeah. Neat. That's not really. It just kind of feels like if you would have slapped a rock really hard or something. You know what I mean? It's like just a concussive boom in your fingers. Yeah. I think it honestly hurts your ear more than it hurts your fingers. But it does hurt your fingers. Yeah. But hey, just slightly ignorant shit. I never really got (laughs) too crazy. My friends used to make pipe bombs and stuff, which is just another. You you introduce shrapnel into the mix and it's just no good. There's a reason why all these things are wrapped in paper and the shrapnel can't hurt you. Definitely. You mentioned the fireworks at the lake, though, and then the pond. And it is cool when you can see fireworks over a body of water because you get double the fireworks Oh yeah, in the reflection. Double the money for sure. It's always a good look. Yeah. Twice the fireworks. Um, This next bowler has definitely got twice the fireworks. Yo. Yo. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Um, so yeah, the first time I ever, um, I ever uh, played with firecrackers. I never played with firecrackers. Oh, never. But I'm... I'm still calling into the show. Okay. Because. You're you're working on it. I forget. (laughs) But. um, Classic bowler. Talking is really not my thing. Oh. I'm not very good at it. I can understand you, though. I'm still calling in. Because y'all are the. the, Oh, yeah. I remember now. Because I love you guys. Aww. Rock on. Smoke on. (laughs) Very nice. Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Mwah back to you, Bowler. Yeah, mwah. Uh, get some fireworks. They're going to be really cheap tomorrow. Ooh, that's a good point. Just go out and grab some and play with them. Yeah. And then you'll have done it. Start small. Yeah. I like the fountain. Try the fountain. <laughs> Those are cool. <laughs> I just feel like you get a good amount of bang for your buck with the fountains. I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a fireworks show that you only light once. The only thing I really like these days are, like, that I'll spend legitimate money. I didn't buy any fireworks this year. Most years I don't. But if I do, it's got to be mortars and the big cakes. You know, like the big shit. Like the actual boom, it goes up, you know, a significant height. And then you get the big cluster of whatever, you know. Mm. A big bomb bursting in air, man. Like the song. That's how you're supposed to have. Yeah, and then at the end you say, thanks, China. You get a big explosion. I like the willows with the tracers. Yeah, they're very pretty. It'd be cool to make homemade fireworks, no doubt. Hey, man. Caller is from Canada, where they don't have fireworks or firecrackers or nothing. Oh, I see. Well, what can you do, man? Trudeau doesn't like uh, Trudeau doesn't like the explosive stuff, so you don't get none. No explosion for you. You know, I don't like loud noises, so I'm not a big fan either, but I would never outlaw them. Because then I'm just going to create a very healthy free market 
for the th- thing that I hate. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. I wouldn't even regulate. I'd be like, you know what? The people who are going to make these are probably going to fuck something up and end up killing themselves, and then that's going to sustain. It'll regulate itself. Freedom. Freedom. Uh, okay. Well. I think that was all the callers. That was, yes. So, and and there's no regulation in place as to how to pick the next f Oh, there's no regulation in place in the bowl at all. We had some suggestions. Oh. Vox had suggested first time you ever tried yoga. Okay. Uh, and C-Dubs earlier suggested first time you ever got a hot tan. I don't know what a hot tan is versus a regular tan. Sounds hot. That's hot. I like yoga. One. Okay. First time you ever tried yoga. This is like the relaxing, complete opposite of blowing stuff up. Yeah. Bombs bursting in there. Bring it back down. And then we can get a, maybe a hot tan next week. Yeah. But yes, uh, for the following week, for this upcoming bowl after bowl, we're going with the first time you ever... Tried yoga. First time you ever tried yogurt. Yoga. Yoga. <laughs> I, like, I like key lime yogurt. <laughs> oh, there's uh, only one thing left to do now. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Oh, in 1990, a dad died in a car accident, and his youngest child was six months old and ended up being put up for adoption. Well, you'll be happy to know that 33 years later, that man has managed to reconnect with his long-lost older brother. Neat. Yeah. I think it was all a native ad for a genealogy site. And uh, legacy social media groups. Oh. But it was a cute story because when he finally got a hold of his older brother, uh, they video chatted from 9 p.m. to 5.30 in the morning. Which, you know, makes sense. You got 33 years to catch up on. Right. And it's still your brother. So uh, he also learned that he had another brother who sadly passed away in 2009. But he also has a sister who he's going to reach out to. Wow. So... Legacy social media bringing us together. Uh, that's what they want you to think. But really, it was just a guy persisting and finding his bro. I uh, forgot to slip in a native ad for the last boost. Oh, we had a boost? Yeah, 2729 sats came in from memes1337. Oh, thanks, memes. It's Leet boosting the split there. He says, happy 1776 Brexit. This comes from Podverse, by the way. Keep... The bowl packed and passed to the left. On it. Thank you. I have another magic number story. Oh? Yeah, they were all over the place. Abundant this week. Just in weird nooks and crannies. So this one comes from California where a son hid his mother's death for 33 years and stole $830,000 in benefits. Damn, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of years. <laughs> We had this story before, but it came from Ireland. Now it's in the States. (laughs) That's crazy. I'm going to give the same not legal advice, but you ought to stop at 32 years. Right. You know, you hit 33 and they're going to get you for sure. These dudes keep getting caught at 33 years. Yeah. This guy, right before his mom died, he got her house in his name. Convenient. And his mom died in Japan in 1990. Also convenient and suspicious. So then he started collecting her widow's pension from Social Security and 
a U.S. Department of Defense annuity all the way until 2022. So uh, he also used her identity to open credit card accounts with nine different financial institutions. And then that $830,000 in benefits he got, he used to pay off her house, which of course he got in his name and so he now owns. Um, But he's 65 years old, facing 25 years in prison, and has agreed to repay the full $830,000 to the government. Yeah. Yeah. Big goof. The pillowcase rapist is at it again. Oh, God. Yeah. And he wasn't raping pillowcases. He was raping women. And that's what he tried to do. (laughs) Again. Even though he served 33 years in prison. You got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding. I really wish I was. It's disgusting and horrible. This man. He's 71 years old in California. Getting kind of old for still raping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was charged in the 80s for rape, robbery, and other charges. Very specific. Thanks, journalists. Uh, But the reason why he got his name is because he would stifle the screams of his victims with a pillowcase. Creepy. And so uh, in 2020... I mean, I guess he got out of prison, you know, after serving his uh, 33-year sentence. And then in 2020, he was arrested for failing to register as a sex offender. And just this past recent time, a woman called the police because she had to jump from a moving vehicle he was driving after he started making really spooky comments to her and refused to stop. So, he is due in court July 11th. And, you know, it's all allegations, and he hasn't been charged or anything yet. And uh, But, you know, a history. He's got a history, man. And that doesn't look good. When a woman has to jump from a moving vehicle. To flee spooky, spooky comments? Yeah. From the pillowcase rapist. I mean, the name given to you by the media. And, and what yeah. if he just turned to her and said, because, ima- because imagine sitting down on this. Yeah, he might have, and that might have been enough to scare her. Because uh, with a name like Pillowcase Rapist, I probably wouldn't have even gotten into a car with him. This whole thing is very, very spooky. I'm guessing she didn't know who he was when she got into that car. You would hope not. Yeah, that's all I can do is hope. Well, I had to bring you at least one Independence Day story, and this one comes from Illinois, where a man is in critical condition after a commercial-grade firework exploded in his face. Yeah, he's 58 years old and was trying to figure out why the firework hadn't detonated. So he decided to uh, look right into the tube that was housing the firework, and it discharged at that very moment, striking his face and exploding all over the place. Wow. So he's in critical condition. But there's another issue here, which is that they were in possession of commercial-grade fireworks, which is illegal. You have to have a permit to possess those and blow them up. So the bomb squad came through. And seized all the fireworks <laughs> that they could find. Wow. And you know bad things happen in threes. So the <laughs> final nail here in this coffin, and I hope the dude makes it. 
I hope he's okay, even though he's in critical condition. So prayers for him. But criminal charges are possible because, you know, they didn't have a permit. God. So, yeah. Fuck Illinois, man. Yeah. Flee Illinois. Hasn't he suffered enough? I think so. I think the the thing blowing up in your face and landing you in the hospital is punishment that's fine, you know? If he beats the face explosion, he'll have to beat the charges after. Ugh. With a new face, probably. A with fake a, face. With a beat face. A beat face. Yikes. You hate to hear it. Never look down the barrel of anything that didn't go off. Oh, my God. Why didn't this explode? That's a nightmare for me. <laughs> yeah. Putting myself in that situation. This is another nightmare situation that's uh, rolling down the lanes now. A 64-year-old woman in Maine was tending to her garden when her dog took off barking into the woods. The dog came running back with a bear chasing it. <laughs> So the lady did what you've been told to do. Stood up, made herself look large, but then she did something that most people wouldn't do, which is punch the bear in the nose instead of running away. There we go. So uh, after she punched it, the bear latched onto her wrist, but it did leave after that little latch. So, you know, she got treated. It's all right. She, uh, you know, was just defending her dog. <laughs> fucking pop you in the nose again, bear. I'll fucking do it again. Yeah. I don't know. I would, like, make sure my dog is okay, but I don't think I'm going to physically confront the bear. I love my dogs a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> me versus a bear, mm, I don't think I'm going to take my chances there. Seems like a lopsided fight. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, I, Maine has one of the biggest... This is a black bear, also. And Maine has one of the biggest black bear populations, but bear bites are pretty rare, even for Maine. Yeah. That woman was bold, as my kids would call her. Bold. That's one of their new favorite words. That's bold. <laughs> uh, also bold is this California man who ran a very strange scheme... For quite a few years, he uh, raked in almost $9 million by getting investors uh, to pay him to turn cow poop into green energy. Sounds like a shitty business model. Yeah, shitty indeed, because he got caught. 2014 to 2019, yep. Uh, he claimed to be building anaerobic digesters at dairies in California and Idaho. And uh, he had this whole explanation. He actually brought in potential investors to dairy farms that he claimed he was turning into these factories, for lack of better term. Uh-huh. You know, he says, these anaerobic digesters, they use microorganisms to break down biodegradable material and turn it into methane. Okay, so we're turning shit into methane. Great pitch. And... Then you can sell the methane, and it also provides the producers with renewable energy credits for producing green energy. I thought methane was bad. I thought methane was the opposite of green energy. Uh, I don't know. Like, if a cow farts into the wind, right, they've produced methane. 
Right. And that's bad for the environment. It is if it just goes in the air, but if you can burn it for energy, I don't oh, know. Oh, I see. We're then burning th- it. Then I think it changes. Okay. I get if it If you can now. capture the methane and flare it off in some way. Yeah. So he told these investors they would receive 66% of net profits in tax incentives. Ooh. Yeah. That means 33% had to go somewhere. Uh, and yeah, millions of dollars raised. He would send the investors these forged lease agreements with dairy owners and fake loan agreements with banks and phony contracts with multinational companies and then bogus pictures of machines under construction. <laughs> oh, God. So he like really illustrated this for them. Because it it's all about the pitch. It is. It is all about the pitch. And then he took the money from the investors and split it into several bank accounts. And then what did he do with it? He bought some land. He built a house. He bought a couple pickup trucks, brand new. All right. And he kept the investors up to date on this uh, non-existent construction. Sure. With, you know, fake schedules and invoices and power generation reports with pictures. (laughs) Um, But ultimately, he got caught. He got caught. I mean, if you're giving them 66% of the return and profits and credits, but there aren't any of those things, then 66% of zero is zero. Exactly. Yep. So he fleed from California and tried to assume a new identity in Montana, but they caught on to him and arrested him. <laughs> he's 66 years old. and So he's been sentenced to six years and nine months in prison. How do you like those numbers? Oh, my God. I know. Sometimes I feel like these people just play sick jokes. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of magic lighting up in that one. Yeah. And he did refund some of the investors their money uh, using the money of other investors, of course. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah. And so uh, there's some lawsuits against him. Um, I don't know what will come of those, you know, from the investors that didn't get their money back. We'll see. Now, hopping across the pond to uh, not-so-jolly England, who we proudly left on this day many moons ago, (laughs) declared our independence from that damn king. A grandpa went to an Aldi, because they have Aldi in England, too, which I didn't know. Yeah, it came from over there. Okay, I thought it came from, like, Sweden or something, but I don't know anything. So, Well, Europe is what I was targeting when I say over there. The general degenerate area. Yeah. So he gets a bag of broccoli for dinner plan, you know, in a couple days. Throws it in the fridge. Three days go by. Pulls the broccoli out of the fridge, opens it up on the countertop, and sees something in the stalks, like between (laughs) the stalks of broccoli. And so he calls his sister over, because this is a grandpa, you know, older guy. Maybe his eyes don't work all that well. And he says, hey, can you help me, uh, what is that? Is that like a worm or something? And she goes, no, it's a snake. It's a snake in your broccoli. It's the rare and coveted broccoli snake. Yeah. Means well, good luck for uh, 33 years. I would hope so, because that would terrify me. So the, his sister helped him put it into a plastic container, bring the snake back to Aldi, and the store offered him some compensation some compensation, probably like the price of the broccoli, like all 89 cents. Okay. <laughs> uh, and obviously he said, I want more. 
I've got a disabled son that lives with me and a vulnerable mother-in-law. Oh, Jesus. And so, uh, like, if the snake had gotten out into the house... If, 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 if. Yeah, you know, it's an... It, I will mention ladder snakes, they're not venomous, but they are aggressive. And when they're threatened, they release a foul odor. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of me. <laughs> so, dude also says he's afraid of snakes, so there was emotional oh, God. trauma also Can inflicted. you prove harm, bitch? Do you have any proof of harm? Oh, we could have been harmed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm so easygoing. I would have just taken whatever Aldi offered, like, oh, Get a shoot, snake sorry. in the broccoli, man. These things happen. Yeah. And it's not like to happen every day, either. Pretty rare freaking occurrence, since it's an international news headline. Oh, another British man was down in Jamaica partying with his family when he met two Canadian women at a bar. I like this so far. Yeah, they were celebrating a birthday, these two women. And uh, the bar had 21 cocktails on its menu. So they decided to make a challenge out of it and try and drink all 21 cocktails. Now, this guy, this Brit, was 53 years old. And he'd been drinking brandy and beer prior to meeting up with these women. But, you know, competitive nature. He decided, I'm going to try and complete the 21 drink challenge also. Okay. So... He got 12 drinks in and then ended up going back to his hotel room and then started making gurgling sounds while he was laying in bed, you know, Uh-oh. choking on vomit. So a family member rushes into action, puts him into the recovery position, which I had not heard of. Yeah, just lay him on their side, really. Yeah, but like arm up. Yeah, and like mouth pointed toward the ground. Yes, and then he was able to vomit. Uh, so the family member had been, and I think it's weird that they're like, he was there with family and then there's no relations with these people. You know, they don't say like his wife or his kid or yeah, no doxing sister. It's just family member. So family member yells for a nurse and he's screaming for someone to call an ambulance Medic! and a nurse shows up, but doesn't take over. Just kind of like stands there and watches her like, Oh, you got him in the recovery position. She's like, dude, his temperature is dropping and I can't get a pulse. And the nurse says, oh, he has a pulse. And then just kind of leaves it there. Oh, brother. So the family member's like, did you call an ambulance? And the nurse is like, no. So it's all screwed up. (laughs) And, you know, they're convinced that he's not breathing. His heart has stopped. So they're like begging this nurse to give him CPR. None of this is good. And the nurse just starts doing basic chest compressions. And uh, as they say, didn't seem to know what she was doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, he died, obviously. If you don't get help, that's what's going to happen. And uh, a pathologist in Jamaica ruled that he died of acute gastroenteritis due to alcohol consumption. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the inquest into the toxicology report. Could take three years before it makes it back to England. Nothing like some red tape on vacation. Yeah. yeah. That's less of like, hello, nurse, and more like, hello, nurse. Actually, so... uh, Why are you calling a nurse in an emergency anyway? Why aren't they calling the ambulance? Yeah. Why would you get a middleman to call an ambulance in an emergency situation? 
Well, I think it's because the family member was busy jumping into action and like trying to, you know, have like you can't grab your phone and dial while you're also putting someone in the recovery position. And then you, once you're like there, you can't Bullshit. leave the person. You dial the phone first thing and then you give aid or you ask someone else to. This is how we do things. That's how we do things. You could you could dial 911 and then render aid and it's ringing and you could shout things into the phone or you could just fucking hey, stay on the line and they got to come no matter what. It's not 911 in Jamaica though. They don't know the number maybe. Or <laughs> or you get a passerby. You say you call emergency services. You call an ambulance. Yeah. Well, either way. Yeah, that's another thing. You've got to be specific. You can't run around saying, somebody call an ambulance because yeah. everybody goes, oh, yeah, somebody will then. No, you got to point to somebody's dumb face and say, you call an ambulance right now. You do it. You do it. If you can tell more than one person to do it, it's even better sometimes. Yeah. Ideally, just, they would have called just, it themselves. I agree. It's just baby's first emergency preparedness, you know, <sighs> first aid and stuff. Yeah. Gotta know these things. It's man. just such a bad situation, like losing someone on vacation. That yeah. sucks. Well, I mean, it was a suicidal undertaking in the first place, so there's that. Yeah. I've already been day drinking, and now I'm gonna do the 21 cocktails. Yeah, and you're a middle aged man, so you I should mean, know better. 21 shots on your 21st birthday. It's doable without dying or going to the hospital, but you gotta space it out, and you still will get fucking hammered enough to puke and have a bad time eventually yeah and there's plenty of people that get blood alcohol poisoning yeah that crap yeah if you if you don't space it out right and add a lot of water it's gonna hurt no matter what though (laughs) yeah not really that advised no no 33 shots when you turn 33 though surprisingly laid back oh yeah went right down no (laughs) issue (laughs) um i smell a lawsuit here you know with them trying to claim negligence and on behalf of the nurse that showed up, who, like, why would there be a nurse at a hotel? Like, you can't just expect a hotel to have a nurse, right? Yeah. I think you can so, expect a safe and a hair dryer, probably towels, but not a nurse. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, they're trying to just um, be compensated for their pain. And I don't know. I don't know if they have a basis here. Right in a BNS. Because this person that they're calling a nurse, like, how do I know that she was a nurse? What if she was just a passerby that actually responded to the shrieking? Right, says right there in the story she was the nurse. Oh, yeah. That's, you're trusting a journalist. Does it even say she? It does. Okay. It's a quote from a family member, though. So, you know, assuming the gender based Uh-oh. on them. Uh-oh. <laughs> in these days, in Jamaica, you never know. You never know. But what I do know is yeah. that things can sneak into houses through dog doors. That's why I've never wanted a dog door. From experience. Yeah, yeah, I'm very experienced in that area. Uh, But a husband and wife that moved from Arizona to Louisiana were not so experienced. And it was 1.30 in the morning, and their Australian cattle dog named Panda alerted them. Uh, So husband gets up, grabs his gun, because he's a smart American. Sure. And walks into the hallway and sees a shape at the edge of the rug. He was like, he got like a foot away from it and then was like, oh, shoot, I know what that is. It's an alligator. Oh, fuck. A five foot friggin' alligator in their new house they just moved into. Oh. 
So what did they do? I thought the guy would shoot the alligator. Blam, 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 blam. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, try to do like a one-hit kill so you can take the alligator skin and make some cool boots out of it or something. Just make sure it's dead. Who gives a fuck about the skin? (sighs) All right, you make sure the alligator's dead. No, he called the police. Oh, my God. Uh... Officers, there's an alligator in my house. You know, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? I know, and he's got a gun in his hand. That's why I don't get this at all. And so three deputies respond, and then they called Fish and Wildlife, (laughs) and then they showed up at 2.15 in the friggin' morning, so he dragged this thing out for an hour. And Mm. then he just uh, recorded them taking the alligator away on his cell phone. And, you know, the alligator fought them. Yeah, it's an alligator. It's what they do. But three cops just to call someone else? Fucking alligators. How dumb is that? That's three phone calls. Could have just been three shots. No, three phone calls. Instead, an hour of your life gone. And an alligator in your house the whole time. No, thank you. Yeah, alligators got to get out of my house, man. I ain't waiting an hour on it. Seriously. I'm going to expedite that motherfucking process. And I got one last story for the lions tonight, which comes from Dallas where a woman named Christy got her dream car. It was a Mercedes-AMG GT53. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, pretty good. That's the end of the story. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. You get your dream car, then you need your dream plates, right? Your sure. custom vanity plates. Okay. If you're at this point in your life. I never believed in them, but... Uh, I'm not into it. I'm also not into cars, so... Midlife crisis, people really love them. Exactly. It's like a required part of it. That's the vibe I'm getting from this story. You have to get your car, but then you have to make sure people know it's a cry for help and not a status symbol. (laughs) Nice. So, she wanted her vanity plate to say Patronus after the Mercedes Formula One racing team. Um, And she went on to this website where it's called... Texas uses it. It's called myplates.com, and they're the plates marketing vendor for the state of Texas. Okay. So she found that uh, Patronus, as it's spelled, was not available. Seems too long. Yeah, it's what, seven letters, right? But there were like. P E T R O N U S? P E T R O N A S. That's eight. Three, six, eight. Yeah. One letter too long. Uh huh. And there were no, like, that. Spelling, there were no available variations of that she could think of, but she finally got to one that worked, which is, I guess, more of a Harry Potter reference, right? P T R O N U S. Yeah. Yeah. Patronus, Patronus instead of ass. <laughs> so, anyway, she gets that, right? It says it's available. The DMV approves the plates. She pays the 300 bucks to get the plates, and the county registers them to her vehicle. Well, she left her car keys in the vehicle in her garage with the garage door open. Oh, my God. And someone stole the car. So she reported it stolen. And by 2 a.m., the cops had found the car, which is great. Um, and it had been taken to a city lot. So she got it towed back, and then she... Uh, Brought it to the Mercedes dealership to get new keys. I guess the keys didn't come with it. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So they parked it on a street facing the wrong direction. And this Dallas 
cop comes rolling by, scans the plate, and sees that it came back stolen. Stolen, oh you no. You know, because it yep. hadn't been updated. So they thought. Turns out that plate was attributed in their database to a Dodge Charger that was stolen in 2021 and then abandoned after it was crashed. So, huh. like, that whole situation should have been resolved. But in the cop's database, it wasn't. And the cop told her, hey, if you get in this car and drive away, you'll get pulled over and arrested at gunpoint. And this car is going to be seized, and you're probably going to be thrown in jail. Yeah, they always go extra hard-ass, hardball, hammy style on the reported stolen shit. Yeah, so she's like, well, I guess I'll uh, try not to get pulled over. Shit. They literally yell hee-haw when any plate comes up stolen. (laughs) Yeah. That's the first reaction. But, you know, like I said, the plate site... The DMV didn't say, hey, this is a stolen plate. Like, you can't register it to your car. It wasn't yeah. in their database. It had been updated, but not in the cops. You'd think they would track that kind of thing, right? We got a problem here if this is going on. Yeah. And no communication between the databases. That's why it's also dumb to get a vanity. Like, have them spin you a rando every time. Exactly. Obscurity. There's less recycling of the rando ones. It's not that it doesn't happen. It's just far less often. You have some kind of clever bullshit that you come up with for a vanity plate. It, it may be recycled. Definitely recycled. But the good news is she was refunded her $300 by the plates website, and they offered her a new set of vanity plates at no cost. So she doesn't have to drive around with allegedly stolen plates. Ah, so it all worked out in the end is what you're trying to say. It did. It did indeed. Well, that's nice. All's well that ends well. I always love the uh, bowling trips with the happy endings. You know what I'm saying? Me too. Big fan of happy endings. Well, a happy ending to you, bowler. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We are going to be taking it easy for the rest of our freedom week here. But we will be seeing you in the bowl next Tuesday uh, for episode 255 of Bowl After Bowl. And I'm excited to announce uh, fresh info for you who listen this long, all the way to the outro. We are going to be doing another Bowls with Buds, finally. Come with them scheduled. Next Thursday, join us when we rejoin Cold Acid in the Bowl. Yay! Making good on a promise that we made originally when he joined us for episode 128 that we would have to get him back for episode 256. So it will be that episode. And we're just jumping bits. And there you have it. Throughout all of that madness and noise, I shall remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I will always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. What? 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 Dance and move your legs around. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. How stupid have we been? I'm sick of your fucking smoke. Hail the pale male.
He's so good. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl duck.